Attitude on your jeans. Welcome to Critical Chris Apocalypse episode one hundred and seventy-one. Ant just won't fucking do what he's doing. And as always, as is a tradition nowadays, I'm going to start with a bit of a game. You'll play a bit of a game, and because you never prepare a game that I can play, I'm going to prepare a game that you can play. I've been sorting this out today. Okay, the name of this game is Malcolm in the Midi. And what we're doing is for the kids that don't know about this, MIDI is a is a digital music playback system oh. that uses uh, uses not real recordings of instruments essentially to compose music, electronic. Sounds a lot like what you'd get on the SNES and NES and other consoles from back in the day that didn't have digital audio recordings of voices and such. <coughs> that was gross. All right. So I'm going to play you an example. You're going to guess what this song is. These are all famous TV themes. This is the first is Adam's Family. Let's see. That is indeed Adam's Family. Yeah, see, I was right. See, hold on I've me. got to make sure I stop it and it doesn't play too long so we don't get copyright struck on it. MIDI. The kids know about MIDI. They use okay. MIDI to avoid copyright. All right. So so the next one, you ready? Sure, sure. You ready? Okay, so you've got to guess this TV theme tune, one of the most Chips. popular... Shut up. One of the most popular TV theme tunes of all time. Lost. No. Alright, do you know what that is? Is that CSI Miami? No, no, do you need more? I thought oh. I was going to go into Some People Stand. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wait, what films that's the soap theme tune? Do you, do you want to hint? Slow motion? Oh, Baywatch. Yeah, it I thought indeed. it was. Yeah, it's I thought indeed. it was classic, um, classic theme tune. That one. Never forget my room in the darkness. I'm afraid to step into the light. Is it Baywatch Nights? No, it's just Baywatch. All right, uh, you ready for the next one? You're gonna know this. Baywatch Nights. I think these may be in alphabetical order. So Manimal. No. Huh? Is that? Meant to be the Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Thing. <laughs> yes, it is. That, that sounds so. These terrible. are taken from multiple websites, so some of them are. You sure you haven't just got like Nokia ringtone circa two thousand and three? Hundred percent sure. Some of these are taken from like some of these are taken from specific websites where they sound bad. It's where the fans are like, "Oh, I've made midis. Here's my amazing <laughs> midi." Might be. All right, so you ready for the next one? I've gone out of alphabetical order now, so you'll know this one. Oh, that's um, Star Trek um, Next Generation. Well done, well yeah. done. All right, you ready for the next one? Deep Space Nine. Yeah. <laughs> so, nothing like the actual future. For a brief while, this was the most popular TV show. Do you want a hint? Uh, Renegade. No, do you want a hint? Highland. Oh, oh. Home improvement. Yeah, is that right. your attempt at a Tim Allen? I, I didn't try. I feel like Tim Allen's a bit I like Beetlejuice. Remember the theme tune to Home Improvement? Do you not remember this? No. They're like building the house. Home Improvement sucked. Oh yeah, Home Improvement does suck. But it was one of the most popular TV shows. On yeah, and I used to watch it all the time. Yeah, everyone did. I was eight. Inexplicably. Um, all right, you ready for the next one? Zero Zachary Ty Bryan, the kid from it. He was um, four in uh, one of those knockoff four films. Yes, he was. Yeah. Yes, he was. The one where they go on an island. I've seen it. All of it. Yeah, that's yeah. bad. Yeah. All right, ready? Oh, that's the end of the home improvement thing. 
Dragnet. No, no. No. <laughs> oh, is that meant to be the Atoms family? No. Again. No. They're creepy and they're kooky. They're no, all together no. spooky. Some tossed salad and scrambled eggs. Oh, is that meant to be phrased? Oh, God. <laughs> well, that's not the theme tune to Toss Salad. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. That's the ending theme. No, it's the beginning as well. They have an instrumental version, don't they? I'm pretty sure they have an instrument, instrumental. All right, you ready? You ready for the next one? Well, there's no title sequence in there. That's just the original version of the song. <laughs> that's not MIDI. That's that's the Game Boy. That's the Game Boy theme tune. All right, what was that? Ant? It's the Pokemon season one. Yeah. This is fun. How do you not know this? You were alive in the nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> Do you not know this? I don't know, Chicago Hope? No. I have no idea. I don't want to wait for the last It was Dawson's Creek. I didn't watch Dawson's Creek. You didn't watch Dawson's Creek? Of course not. Next you're going to tell me you didn't watch One Tree Hill. No, because I'm a man. <laughs> One Tree Hill had I'm the male. best fucking theme song of any any TV programme. I don't want to be had anything the best. other than what I've been trying to be I thought the OC was the one that everyone liked. No. You hate how you see it. All right. Happy days. <laughs> it's done an honky tonk piano for some reason. All right, all right. We're gonna last two. Okay, you ready? Yeah. It's Voyager. Oh, well done, well done. All right, and I reckon you're gonna get this one straight away because you're such a big fan. <laughs> Malcolm in the middle. Some of those are painful to listen to, but that's how music sounded to us back in the day, guys. Before it be free players, we had MIDI players. God's sake, what is wrong with you? I don't know, I really enjoyed that. Did you not enjoy that at all? Fucking MIDI tunes, man. Yeah. You freaking Bon So no one told you life was gonna be this way. I have the single of that. Why? Is it the MIDI? No. Then why do you have it? The MIDI's the only good version. Big hit. It comes on a CD that looks like a vinyl record. Oh, does it? Yeah. Like the soundtrack to High Fidelity. Yeah, there's a lot of copying going on around there, and everyone thought that was kind of funny and cool. I like High Fidelity, though. High Fidelity's good. It's a good film. All right, so we're, we're Chris Apocalypse. If you didn't tell, we're a game show based predominantly around the idea of listening to MIDI. So if you've enjoyed this episode... Yeah, name that MIDI. Um, no, we review stuff and things. We review shit all the time. Every couple of weeks, we get together and we talk about shit we've seen. And it's October, so I'm going to be reviewing a lot of horror shit. Spooktober. Spocktober. We're Critter Boo Pocalypse on. Um, oh, wait, sorry. It's Critter Boo Calypse on uh, Twitter right now. Because the Critter Spookalypse. Fuck, that's good. I'm changing it right now. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so we, we review stuff and things. So this week, I'm going to go first. Uh, last week, Ant spoke about his smegma, so I'm going to talk about Malignant. No, I uh, I, I watched some of this, this... I've reviewed Malignant. This, this, uh, this, this week. 
Uh, Off to a great start. You've I forgotten. saw a genuine horror film, and I don't really understand why it's popular, so I'm uh, going to talk about it. But it's mostly going to be questions at you uh, and a person who hasn't seen it. You best not be belittling the classic. I'm going to be talking about Dear Evan Hansen. Oh, yeah. There's kids dressing up as Evan Hansen for Halloween. So, Evan Hansen... Just best he dressed up as a 40-year-old man wearing school uniform. <laughs> no, they don't wear school uniforms in America. Just Apparently the DVD ones. release of that is going to have him de-aged. Really? Yeah, apparently they're, yeah, they're going to... Well, I mean, they can try. Because they're patching movies these yeah, days. It's well, just a thing that happens. It's movie 2.0. My cat's got patched, remember that? Yeah, so they put the buttholes back in. Yeah. Apparently there was a cut where they had buttholes. No, no, it wasn't that they had buttholes. It was that the way the textures crept up in their butt, they weren't, like, finished. So the textures clashed and created, like, looked a... like a butthole. A, yeah, looked, made a little dark patch. Yeah, I saw that film whilst high in Amsterdam. You could look at... Bad time. Taylor um, Swift's butthole. butthole. Yeah. I mean, I want to see Taylor Swift, whatever. Anyway, so uh, so let's talk about Dear Evan Hansen. I'm going to just go into deep spoilers on this one, because who gives a fuck? It's an offensive piece of shit film. Don't see it. Um, for any anyone who wants to skip to the end of the What's Taylor Swift's Twitter? So, uh, yeah, so Dear Evan Hansen's the story of a kid who's got social anxiety, right? Which means that he is told by his therapist, and a move that I don't think anyone's ever been told to do, except for grief counselling, um, has been told that he should write letters to himself every day, just like an old person would write letters, like, Dear Evan Hansen. And he essentially writes letters to himself to talk about how the day is going to be good. just a diary? That is just a diary. It's a preemptive diary, I guess. It's Yeah, it's like a diary, but done in a format that, you know, would only be I would have suggested getting to the end of the day and writing down good things that happened that day. I suggest the therapist do their fucking job and actually do some therapy instead of talking about... Yeah, but to be fair, the therapist has to be a therapist to Evan Hansen. That's true. A four-year-old man pretending to be a school kid. Not just that, he might be Satan. Let's get into it. How do you do, fellow teenagers? (laughs) Howdy, kids. I'm doing pots. Um, so, so want to come listen to some cool music? I've got the new Eagles record. <laughs> Love, take me down to the streets. Do you remember that from Role Models? I fucking hate the Eagles, man. <laughs> Have you seen Role Models? No. Oh, right. Yeah, the joke in Role Models is that everybody misquotes. They basically, everyone thinks that there's an Eagles song that's like, Love, take me down to the streets. And so there's like every scene where someone has like an acoustic guitar or someone's talking about the Eagles. They start singing that fucking song and they're in a campfire. And he goes, oh my God, he's got an electric guitar. Hey, how about we play some songs? He's like, yeah, I'll play some songs. And he just does, love, take me down. And he goes, I love the Eagles. And Paul Rudd's like, that's not the Eagles. He like lives in a universe where somehow there's this Eagles. And at the end of the soundtrack, in like a really nice little meta joke, they've had a band, like an Eagles cover band, record Love and Take Me Down to the Streets. Oh, like in the format of the Eagles. It fucks your brain up. Anyway, role models, good film. Watch that instead of Dear Evan Hansen. Dear Evan Hansen, so he's yeah, so his therapist in a weird move tells him to write these letters to himself. So he's in school one day, for some reason using the school computers to write one of these letters to himself, even though it's meant to happen before the day. So it's like a perspective. These are the good things that are going to happen to me because I'm not Satan, although I am Satan. Cheeky, cheeky, smiley, smiley. And uh, so he's he's writing one of these at school and it, he prints it off and for some reason uses the school printer to print it off instead of just emailing it to himself and, and not printing it off or doing something other than printing it off. And and he goes to get out of the printer and the boy named Connor, who um, who is who is the brother of Evan's crush... By the way, inappropriate, because Evan is a 40-year-old man in high school, and this is a, a child. Um, but basically, his, his, her brother sees it, and he goes, why are you writing that? How old's the actor play? What's the name of the character? 
Ben Folds. Uh, he's like, why are ben you? Of course, it's Evan Hansen. He's the title. Yeah, but what's villain. the name of the girl that he's? I don't fucking know. Look up the cast. That's why am I'm I doing this? Freaking... Uh, so yeah, Connor sees the letter and he goes, "Why are you fucking writing letters to my sister? You taking the piss? Because they're both bullied a little bit." And uh, and he goes, no, 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 it's this. And instead of explaining the situation, he does that thing in American films where the person storms off. And instead of that person chasing them to the point where they can communicate to them, because no one can run forever. That's a proven fact. I've discovered that every victim is just one stumble away from being Wait, yours. Do they actually cast them against actual teenagers? I think so, some of them. Um, so basically what happens is that boy kills himself that night. Warning, there is Suey in this. It is a suicide movie. Suey. Suey. Do you think it's disrespectful to call suicide Suey? No, I just don't like saying the word suicide. As a person who struggles with depression has had thoughts of suicide in the past. So I say Suey to lighten the mood. I apologise to anyone who's considered suicide. But you're complaining about it lightening the mood. I haven't gotten to the most offensive parts yet, Anne. Oh, could you carry on? (laughs) So... Evan Hansen's letter is in his pocket when he commits suicide. I apologise, I'll now use that word from going forward. And so this boy takes his life and has this letter in his pocket. So the family go, he must have been best friends with Connor. Evan Hansen and Connor must have been best friends. And what's happened is he had this letter that he wrote to Evan in his suicide that, you know, he was trying to say goodbye to this person who's clearly important to him. So the family sort of invite Evan into their world because they don't really know much about their son. He sort of, he was a closed off guy. He was quiet. He was a bit depressed and he was, you know, well, a bit depressed. He killed himself. But, you know, he was going through a lot and didn't really connect with his family. His stepdad didn't really connect to him. And Amy Adams, his mother, didn't really connect to him. And so, like, Shit, I would have connected with Amy Adams fucking... I know, Jesus right? Christ, right? I would have been like, Stepmom, why are you stuck in the dryer? <laughs> Stepmom, why are you stuck under my bed? So anyway, Evan Hansen gets invited into their lives. And instead of doing the thing that a decent person would do and saying, I'm sorry, this is part of my therapy. My therapist is really shit at their job. Mm-hmm. She told me to write these letters. He saw it and stormed off with the letter thinking I was taking the piss. I apologise for somehow inserting myself in your lives and I hope the grieving process goes smoothly because this is an awful thing that's happened. Instead he goes, Hey, I was good friends with your son. <gasps> and then from there he gets to his fair, friend What kind involved. of life experiences and wisdom would you expect a 40-year-old man pretending to be a teenager so, to have? So let's get into that. It's very, very fun. So after... After he's committed suicide, he drags his friend into it, his only friend into it, not his only fans, his only friend into it, and gets him to help him create email addresses to fake emails between the pair in which they talk about... He's he's only like 28. He looks a lot older. Imagine being 28 and all everyone's talking about is how you look really old. He looks a lot older. Um, So basically, he gets his friend involved to create this fake friendship. And, like, the they share emails between each other. And the emails are like, Hey there, buddy. You can give up drugs. Don't you worry about it. And then the reply from this 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 clinically depressed human being who is about to take their own life is, Hey, thanks, Evan. Yeah, you're right. If I stay focused, I can definitely do that. And that is actually a song in the movie. So I'm just going to quickly... Going to quickly bring up that song. The, Please don't. The song where they, they sing about how depression... Can, can we not? No, they, we no. have to... 
we have to hear it, Ant, because it, it's so fucking dog shit. This whole fucking film is stupid and offensive and... Let's say Stein, you could have saved this for the finale, the big film. That's no, this there. isn't the big film. This is not the big... This is the big release. All the no, kids are talking about Dear Evan Hansen. This has not been... This is not the big release. So this is... Snapper. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, he's a dubster. Yeah. Bow wow. song all about. I know we haven't spoken for a while. Bow wow. But it's just. Look. So this is called Sincerely Myself and I. Yeah, but I'm going to get. I'm only going to play like 30 seconds of it. That's too much. You can't play like more than five seconds. It's a cover by someone else. Yeah, but you can't, like, you freaking get us to Okay. Yeah. But basically, oh, that's Jesus the Christ. tune of the song. Oh. That's how chirpy it is. It's like. That's like. And it is. It's. It, and the thing is, right? The, the reason his age is so specifically brought up in this, and it's because he speaks like a hundred year old white guy. He's like. Hey there, bud. You know, if you just look on the... Pro- and it's like someone who's never interacted with a human being. Even though he's been going to school. He's a senior at his school. He has he's a friend. He's definitely senior. <laughs> he, <laughs> he's in the assisted living area. <laughs> he, he has a friend. He has interacted with other human beings. But he talks like someone who's like, Hey, remember those kids and what they talked like in the 50s? <laughs> It's like, that's what he's talking about. And it's so dog shit and it's so stupid. Anyway, so um, as you can imagine... It's 10 out of 10. <laughs> as you can imagine, Evan has given has been given multiple points to remove himself from these people's lives. Like he's, he's given multiple situations in which he could quite clearly just tell the truth. And instead, he continues to lie. Continues to lie over and over again and exploit the pain of this family, and it is exploit. It's exploitation because regardless of whether or not you're suffering from mental illness, you don't suddenly become the Joker and go. <laughs> I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go and get you, Batman. Oh, so isn't there a scene in the film where he says, "I'm gonna become the Joker"? <laughs> he's he's a Somalian pirate on a boat and he turns to Tom like, like in, and he goes, "I'm Joker like now." Joaquin Phoenix's famous line from Joker. He lives in a society. <laughs> yeah, where he says, I'm going to become the Joker. But, like, it is it is literally, like, it, he he wants to date the daughter and he somehow thinks that his continued lies are going to lead to a viable relationship with that woman. And instead, it all crumbles and in the end, it's revealed that the... So, basically, it's kept away from the public that Evan Hansen was the only person who got a letter when the son died. And that obviously means that the whole of all these people like that are aware of Connor and there's like all this charity funding and all this other shit that comes up from it all. All done by people other than Evan Hansen, by the way. Evan Hansen does none of this. He just continues to exploit the family and emotionally drain them of all energy. But I should have monetized it. <laughs> well they did, but it was someone else that monetized it. But all this all this all this shit that's happening, and they and then one person releases the letter. They say, Look, there was only one suicide note, it was to Evan. It was to no one else. It was just to Evan. So why were his family so awful that he didn't give, like, didn't write them a suicide note? And that's when Evan reveals to himself, like, reveals to the family, like, he's like, <laughs> I've been playing you the whole time. And like, and then, you know, like, and then the family goes and turns around and they go, like, get out, you know, get out of our lives, get out of our lives forever. And then, uh, and they decide to not tell anyone 
that it was all made up, that Evan Hansen lied about the whole thing. Instead, what they do is they go, we already lost one son. We don't want to lose the parasitic monster that's attached himself to our family as well. Is that where he disappears and he goes off and he finds a family who's lost a child like 20 years ago and pretends that he's their child grown up? That's a sequel. This is a horror movie. It's a fucking horror movie. And do you know what's even worse? Like, throughout the film, Evan Hansen is going like, oh, I'm so sad. Oh, I can't socialise. Oh, I can't do this. I can't do that. Apparently he can. He just needs to feed off of the emotional energy that comes from this incredibly sad situation. So he's an emotional vampire. I think he like might be. From, from what we do in the show. Yeah. Yeah. He is. I think he might be. It's just mm. so fucking grim. And there are people, there are like, there are like videos. So, the, you know, like Free Guy, they have the streamers. There's a part in this where they go to people that have seen the stage. Like Cuts the Ninja reacting. <laughs> cuts to Jack Septicago. I can't believe he's telling the family. Hit like and subscribe. <laughs> Evan Hansen comes up with a Captain America shield bed to the mother and then walks out saying, I guess you're grieving for two now. And then runs off. <laughs> that wasn't a bad joke, <laughs> considering it just randomly came up. <laughs> it was, it's so bad, and It's just bad. Yeah, and, it's your fault. Watch. And, like, yeah, people yeah. are saying, oh, it's such a positive message that anyone can be suicidal. It's like, no, the message is, Evan Hansen's a cunt. He's a monster. Don't let people into it's your stage life. Stage play, people liked it. Yeah, people really fucking like the stage play, even though... He's still a cunt in that. Like, it's the same I mean, story. Stage Quality stage plays are a bit slim pickings now. I mean, it's all... Cats. They're all based on, like, films Starlight and friggin', you know, 40-year-old sketch comedy shows. Yeah. But it's just dog shit. It's just the fucking worst. It is absolutely the worst. It doesn't deserve any praise. The music's dog shit. I mean, we could have had more Spider-Man turn out the light. Yeah. But, you know, the turn masterpiece. Off the dark, turn off the dark. Turn, turn off, off the, the dark. dark. Yeah. In which he took on all oh, of his Oh, do you villains. think that Spider-Man's going to be in No Way Home? I hope so. One of them died. <laughs> and he's going to like <laughs> swing from one. a rope and he'll just collapse and break his back. Swing from a rope. And that harness he'll breaks his web, But he'll have like ropes attached to his so, waist. <laughs> so, dear Evan Hansen, like, I was watching this and it gets to the point where these people give testimonials where they're like, they're like, his story touched me so much it made me feel so much better it made me feel this and that. And I was like, I was like, no, you... Oh, that's trying to convince you that it's good. Yeah, like, no. It's like they it's... should do that in the movie. You know the people who get interviewed outside a movie yeah. saying, Daniel Craig was so great as yeah, James yeah. Bond. Put that in the middle of the Bond films. Just every yeah, yeah. every 20 minutes or so. Yeah, if you like. Did yeah. you say your name was James Bond, like the, the guy from the movie? This movie's so great. It was so action-packed so... and full of fun. I thought Daniel Craig was hot. <laughs> I want to I wanna just be clear. Like, I know the American healthcare system's a different, different thing, but the NHS has mental health support. So if you've seen this movie and you think it's good, seek help. If you think that yeah, this it's is... free. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> if you think this plot is good and what Evan did is in any way forgivable, seek help. Okay? I don't, I don't think anyone should watch this and go, Evan Hansen is anything other than an irredeemable monster. So where is it on the Book of Eli scale? The Book of Eli? Yeah, you know the one where the kid dies of a disease and he leaves a... A book to his mum. The mom. book of Eli is the oh, one that's with, the one. What's with the other one? Denzel, book of Henry? Book of Henry, yeah. That's the one, yeah. Where she tells her... That's got Julianne Moore in it, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. this has Julianne Moore in yeah, it. Yeah. She plays Evan's mum. Yeah. And do you know what? Every character except for Evan is redeemable. It is only Evan Hansen that's an irredeemable cunt. Because yeah. his mum is working a job in which she is very much on call all of the time and is paying for his medication and his therapy 
and yet he still complains that he's alone and sometimes has to cook his dinner by himself. I'm fucking sorry you've got a single parent who's doing everything. Can't put a tin of baked beans in the microwave. He's a cunt, mate. I hope he puts his fucking head in a microwave. What? Amy Garcia's in it. Who's Amy Garcia? Um, she was in um in Dexter briefly. Wait, can you show me her face and I'll tell you who she plays? Oh yeah, she plays the one who leaks the letter. How old is she? Oh, she's like. She's older than me. She's like 40-something. Really? Yeah. yeah, she plays a teenager, I think. Yeah, and then she's a librarian. Oh, okay. But anyway, so yeah, so uh, this movie is dog shit. Don't see it. See anything other than this movie. See Venom 2 six times over, because that's a better movie than this piece of shit. It is literally the worst fucking thing. It is almost as bad... So this is almost as bad and hurtful as watching something like 13 Reasons Why, which actually increased the teen suicide rate at the time. And I feel like Dear Evan Hansen, the movie, might do that. Or it might just mean there's a lot more homicides. They'd have to watch it. It might mean there's a lot more homicides where people are trying to kill the parasitic organism known as Evan Hansen. I'm going to give this... Speaking of parasitic organisms... Yeah. <laughs> you're going to review Venom afterwards. Yeah, I'm going to do it. That, that was actually meant to give me the role number. Yeah. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, so I give this uh, an Adam Sandler. It's fucking dog shit. It's the worst. Don't watch it. Watch anything but this. Oh, actually, Adam Sandler did, um, he's done some good films since we started this podcast. I'm, I'm going to move him up a top and I'm going to put Rob Schneider in his He did a place. good film. He did a good film. Rob yeah, Schneider's, he just won every 12 years. Yeah, Rob Schneider's done no good film. So Rob Schneider is now officially my zero out uh, of... Rob Schneider's in Dread, in Judge Dread. It is officially a zero out of anything. I give this zero. I give this a Rob Schneider. This is terrible. Don't watch this. Put little in the judge. I would rather drink a pint of cyanide if it could be produced in a liquid form than ever. Wasn't that just apple juice? Uh, no, that would be apple pips. Yeah, well, I mean, no, not the same. Not the same, man. And your review? I'm going to pulp some apple pit seeds. Uh, we'll see if I can drink it. You're going to pulp some apple pit seeds? Yeah, apple seeds. We get a whole bunch oh, apple of apple seeds. seeds. I thought you said pit seeds. Yeah, we'll put them in a food blender, okay. make them into a liquid, and I'll drink them. On there. See how that goes. You're a viewer. Oh, that's why I put the apple seeds. Oh, cool. <sighs> right, shall I um, do a filler? <coughs> yeah. Um, I played Avengers, the Marvel's Avengers. Square Enix presents Marvel's Avengers. Oh, yeah, I played that. Yeah. Um, I barely played any of it because it's a bit shit. But also, because it didn't. You know how you're supposed to make a good first impression with a game, right? you got to make a good first impression. So I downloaded the game and it's like, it's time to play. You can play now. You know, you got that thing where it goes, you've downloaded enough to start playing the game. Yeah. It's ready to start. So I did that and it started the first level off and it does, there's a whole long cut scene. It goes on a bit long and then you wander around a convention and you've got to find comic books. I actually didn't mind the intro. Um, that part the of the intro. intro that really bothered me is, I thought, a bit dumb. You find a duplicate of the comic book you want and you give it to the guy. And you have to trade it, yeah. But no, you give him a duplicate, nothing's lost. What should have happened at the start is you have to give him your one and give up your position, and then you've earned your way to meet the Justice League. Because someone will go, hey, I saw what you did there. That's what you should have done. That's a super heroic thing to do, not getting a duplicate and getting off without any loss. you got to lose something early. Anyway, fine, whatever. Intro thing, Kamala Khan. I like Kamala Khan. I like. I think yeah, it's a good, good portrayal of her as well. But then the first level starts. Yeah. 
and it's this whole action sequence with like the Golden Gate Bridge being blown. How many times has that been blown up over the years? Many. Constantly, freaking, constantly getting destroyed. They leave it alone. Charles always wanted me to build the bridges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but you have this whole action sequence where it keeps flipping around between the heroes. And it's weird because the stronger the hero, the weaker they feel. Like, yeah. I'm playing as four and it was just like, eh. Couldn't really get on with it. I did like that you could throw the hammer if it got stuck to a wall, you could call it back and knock someone out from behind. But then again, God of War did that as well with the axe. Um, but when you get to Black Widow, she's like basically invincible ass kicker extraordinaire. And you just, yeah. but you're fighting Taskmaster. And, but anyway, um, over the course of this I whole intro the sequence. Section. The Hulk section is well, the only part where I felt a bit like I was this big lumbering. Well, I didn't like, you jump onto the walls and there's scratch marks on the walls going horizontally. Mm. And it suggests that you're going to run along the walls. Yeah. But instead, he just lands on it and holds it, and then jumps off. And I'm like, "It's Hulk, just run along the wall." I think that's for other characters as well. So some of them run along. The Hulk would run along the wall. Yeah, he does that. <coughs> but anyway, we're playing Hulk. Get to the end of Hulk section, and um, the floor disappears, and he just falls through the floor and just keeps falling underneath the city. They did put a kill box in, but it takes a good like thirty odd seconds of falling before you hit it. Yeah, and it starts a cutscene. And the following cutscene, four doesn't load into the cutscene. Is it just his cape? It's just his hammer. It's just his hammer floating around. I had the cape. Yeah. And uh, Tony Stark's talking to, like, nothing, just the hammer floating around. Um, He has the ego for it. Yeah, and then you get to the end of the cutscene, and you finish the whole sequence where you, like, beat up Taskmaster and stuff. Yeah. And the game goes, um, okay, you have to download the rest of the game now. And I'm like, but you said it was ready to start. Oh, like, right. surely when you say ready to start, then, you know, I can actually start playing through the game and it'll download enough of the game to get through the intro and keep playing or something. Yeah. Not just play the intro and sit there and do nothing. But no, you have to sit there and just wait for it to download the rest of the game. So you didn't play the next part? No, I couldn't be asked. Well, there's like, so here's what you missed out, basically. The rest um, of the game? Well, no, like, not really, because the rest oh, of the game... Oh, and also, single player, you go into the menu to start a game. The yeah. first op- middle option in the menu that's highlighted is multiplayer. Yeah. You can't play that when you're still on that download phase, no. right? Which, you, if you're ready to start, start me off on the part that I can actually play. Yeah, yeah. Not on the menu. Exactly. <laughs> um, well, so, yeah, so, um, it's interesting, like, you brought up all the technical issues, because they are fucking massive issues of this game. QTEs every, like, yeah. five seconds, like... So, um, Kamala Khan, so the next part that you missed, basically it cuts immediately to um, Captain America sacrificing himself. Oh, so I did that before the Captain America bit, where you okay. beat up people and then yeah. the thing blows up. He sacrifices And that's himself. when that cutscene ends. Is yeah, when and that bloke gets hit by some Terrigen mist and he's like... And, uh, and basically, then it cuts that to the, like six months face, later. the brain guy? Yeah. And then it cuts to like six months later. Leader? And then, who? The leader? Is that it? I can't remember. The Hulk villain, isn't it? Yes, that's the guy, isn't it? No, it's not the leader. It's uh, MODOK. MODOK? Yeah, he becomes MODOK. Oh, jeez. His head just starts getting bigger and bigger, and then he just gets shot. No, I don't like out. that version of MODOK. I like MODOK when he's like some sort of weird Cyborg. experiment yeah. thing. I like the version that has become MODOK, because they always... like I like Marvel no, always got, did... They've got two MODOKs now, and there's no one that's like sinister and evil, and the other one's more sort of like... sort of mischievous. Yeah, and they've stuff. got like an older version. Basically. Yeah, um, but yeah, like so. The next part is Kamala Khan. You're sort of like going across rooftops, and you're getting to a memorial that's been set up for all the people that died and the Avengers that were lost, which is just Captain America, really. Um, and you're going around that, and you're like picking bits up, and you're like piecing together what's happened in the six months. And they have like um, aim have essentially taken over security, and they're scanning for metahumans or terrigen affected humans. 
and rounding them up and trying to find a cure for them. Intelligence their new favourite thing, isn't it, in Marvel? I don't know. It's like they didn't resource. they didn't have the X Men for a long time. Yeah, they did the Terrigen so in the Avengers show, Genesis. didn't they? Yeah. But um I mean, surely mutants is a generic enough thing that they could have done mutants. But the problem is that in the comics But the Terrigen Mist in the comics was like Thanos' thing to find his son, wasn't it? No, no, no. So it's been multiple different things. So he's technically he's a divergent, which is the Bastards. deviant. Sorry, which You're is deviant. one of the. So he's a deviant. So he's like one of the um, the Eternals villains. Oh. And his son is an Inhuman because the Kree had those experiments on people to create like a new race of people that would oh, be able to we're be gonna subservient. Get son of Thanos in a. So we might get son of Thanos. He's like. He's in, he's in Marvel for, um, Ultimate Alliance. Yeah, he's one of the characters. Kind of, oh, is he? Yeah. Oh, that's cool. He ends up becoming one of the main villains. Oh, one of the villains? He's a good guy in the comics. He gets corrupted with power for a little while, but then oh, you fight okay. Thanos afterwards. Stuff, stuff happens. A yeah. lot of stuff happens in those Marvel Alliance. But anyway, so, um, so yeah, like... Marvel Ultimate Alliance is better. <laughs> it is. Marvel, like, the problem is that... Do you know, like, you know when I reviewed this and I said there's a single-player game that someone's thrown a bunch of shit on top of? Yeah. And, like, if they focused on the single-player stuff, that bridge sequence could have been great if you felt like a big, crunchy superhero, or you felt like someone quick and small, like Black Widow mm. or Iron Man, or you felt like someone like Thor who was just wielding the The bit of Iron Man flying around was boring. Like, yeah. I didn't just... Like, like I, I spoke about this when I reviewed it. Like, when you get further into the story, there's parts where you're flying through the canyons as Iron Man, mm. and it just basically plays, like, knock-off ACDC or Airborne. As oh, you're God. flying around, it's like, bah, 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 I'm on a ride! Yeah, it's fucking ridiculous. But yeah, it's not very good. Like, the problem is that I think that the team that were making it were making a single player game, and then Square Enix went, We want to make this like a persistent world thing. And they went, Okay, but we can't do that with what we've currently got. And they're like, Yeah, you can. Force it in. Let me just quickly. I'll show you how to do this. So they took one of those little wooden... You just make a room and have loads of enemies come for you. And they just knocked it in there and it just doesn't work. Because there are missions where you've got stuff like destroy this... destroy this generator. gigabytes, man. Yeah, like there are missions where it's like destroy this generator and you're like, okay, now do it six more times. It's like, oh, I can see where I'm meant to be playing with three other people. But I haven't gotten to the point in the multiplayer where I can unlock three other people. So I guess I'm going to have to repeat this mission with other people later on. Oh, I wouldn't dark kind of involve any yeah, of that. It's bad. It is bad. It's not good. Um, you can pick it up for free on Game Pass, or you can go through like I I got a copy on disc for like twelve quid for PS Five. The Xbox version's got all the DLC included, with, hasn't it? Yeah, so is the PS Five. Has it? Yeah. Where's Spider Man? Spider Man's coming for the PS Five only. Is it PS Four as well? Yeah, PS Four and PS Five. Where? What? Is this, how long's the game been out now? Yeah. Yeah. Where's Spider Man? I don't know. Wasn't that like the whole bonus of the... Look, I played Miles Morales, so I don't need to wait for Spider-Man. He's already in my PS5. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I know what you mean. Like, I'm... What have they been doing for the last... Nothing. They released a Black Panther expansion. Yeah, they did. Before they got their Spider-Man one out. Yep. God's sake. Anyway. um, It's not... I don't know if I could be asked to play anymore. (laughs) I reckon you'll do what I do, and curiosity will hit, and you'll give it another go. But it's just not worth it, really. No, no, whatever. Fucking in the bin, chucking the Xbox in the bin, chucking the Xbox in the bin. Yep, straight in the bin. Sex box in the bin. What's your review? What's my next review? Yeah, fucking. And it's fantastic question. Thank you for asking. I am. It's my pleasure to be here today. I really like talking about Venom Two. 
Venom 2. Is this not your big review for the... No. So, Venom 2 is the story of a parasitic organism that has attached itself to Eddie Brock, as famously seen in Spider-Man 3 and no other film. Um, Eddie Brock is struggling to come to terms with living with a a roommate in his own body, let's call it. Um, but, you know, obviously... <laughs> roommate in our body. <laughs> obviously, this parasitic organism that has attached itself to him is only compatible with him for some reason. So they have to get used to each other. Cue a mid-movie breakup scene and Venom going out on the town and finding himself, whilst in the background, a vicious criminal named Carnage is uh, is taking people apart. It's Cletus Cassidy, isn't it, Carnage? Yeah. Yeah, Cleavon Cassidy is his dad. Yeah, do you not remember Cletus? Do you remember know Carnage? Jesus. You yeah, know, no, I know Carnage, but you in, should the know comics, in the comics, we've got... We've got you know, obviously, his lineage. Because there's no... It gives a shit. Anyway, so... Um, so Cletus Cassidy is asked specifically to meet Eddie Brock. This is before the split. He goes to visit Cletus Cassidy. Cletus Cassidy bites him on the hand. And then as he's, as he's like, tasting what he's... Because he bites him and breaks the skin. And he's like, oh, that's not blood. It's cannibal. And it's like, oh, oh, that's not blood. That's symbiote. Oh. Symbiotic. Symbiote. So uh, they go to put him on death row, get him snuffed. What happens, Ant? Um, What happens, Ant? Doesn't work. He turns out turns out those chemicals make symbiotes bigger. No, they don't. Turns out the symbiote's been growing inside of him. He gets killed. Gets off. But then Carnage comes out, saves him, takes him on a run. So (sighs) I had a lot of problems with Venom back in the day. I had a lot of problems, didn't I, Ant? You loved it. Venom's a lot of you fun. You thought it was a fun movie. It's I did not fun. think it was a fun movie. It's fucking hilarious. I had an all right time. It's still better than some of the films that came out around that time. I think it was like Justice League or some shit like that. And I was like, yeah, this is better than that at least. Uh, but yeah, I didn't didn't really enjoy Venom Venom 1. I had a lot of problems with the villain being exactly the same as Venom, looking very similar to Venom, and it being hard to differentiate between the two. Don't worry about that. Just worry about Mark. So, Carnage. Carnage is very different, isn't he? Andy Serkis has done a good job. This is a 90-minute film. It's bing, bang, boom, you're in yeah, and out. the last one was as well. No, the last one was like two hours. No, it's like nine minutes. So no, because fucking... he was inside, that, he was inside that, that lobster tank for at least an hour. Um... <laughs> So, so this one, 90 minutes, nice and quick. A lot of the action is a lot clearer this time around. You've got a few really good actors in there. Stephen Graham is in it now. He's popped up in there. He plays a police dude who uh, eventually becomes Toxin, I believe, in the comics. Oh, of course. We don't need more symbiotes. Well, they've set so, it up. So now we're going to get it. No, don't now worry. we're going to get it. Oh. Um, so, yeah, so, uh, so Woody Harrison has also had his hair sorted out for this one because if you remember the end of Venom 1... Woody, Har- Woody Harrison pops up and goes, oh, yeah, the clown wig. He's got the clown The clown yeah, wig. should have kept it. In this, it's been combed, so he's uh, now got a side party. Um, famously, famously haired actor Woody Harrison. <laughs> Why can't he just be bald? I don't get it. Um, but you've yeah, got to see his ginger hair. So Carnage is like a really interesting villain in the world of, um, in the, world of the Venom comics and stuff because he's just fucking insane. But also, um, Venom kind of just doesn't care about his host. Uh, not Venom, sorry, Carnage doesn't really care about his host. Ooh. Like, although Cletus and, and Carnage are, like, uh, match and they can live together, they can exist together, like, a lot of what Carnage does shouldn't happen to a human body. Like, things like, in this, it's shown that he'll, like, he'll separate out the torso and stuff. Mm. And obviously, like, that's going to cause some sort of damage to a human being, but a symbiote is meant to heal you very quickly, so it's not a big thing. It's just, like, basically healing him on the fly, but it's still going to cause him pain. 
As we see from Eddie in an earlier scene when he's arguing with Venom and Venom goes and headbutts him and breaks his nose because, you know, he does the thing where he's a squiddly diddly coming out of the side. So he headbutts him and breaks his nose and he goes, oh, sorry, Eddie, let me fix that. And he repairs his nose and he goes, so I can break it again and then headbutts him again and breaks his nose again. Um, They have chickens. They have chickens. Venom Venom and Eddie have chickens named Sonny and Cher. Uh. And Venom's like, I don't want to eat the chickens. And, and Eddie Brock's like, no, eat the chickens. And they go, but they have such tiny brains. And he goes, no, but you've got to eat the chickens, Venom, because you're not going to eat people. And he goes, okay. And then he goes, here, eat Cher. And he goes, I can't eat Cher, because they're Sonny and Cher are best friends. So and they if kill I eat Cher, Sonny. Um, eat so Sonny. Sonny's the abuser. In this, it's a, it's a very 90s concept for Venom. So anyone who doesn't know, in the comics, Venom ate chocolate for a long period of time. Chocolate and Pop-Tarts or... Was it? No, it was tater tots. Mm. Uh, those those would, for some reason, they would satiate his need to eat brains. Very but, similar. Uh, but uh, in this, that he just eats chocolate and chickens. Yeah. Chocolate. So I'm not going to ruin what happens at the end of the film, uh, but I will say this. There is an end credit scene I can spoil. For no, people. you can't. Don't spoil any end credits. I haven't seen it yet. Are you going to go see it? So, yeah, well, maybe. I might, I mean, if I've got money, I don't have money. <laughs> So I'm going to ruin the end credits for Anne. No. Oh. No, you don't ruin it because you're ruining it for people in the audience who aren't going to watch this until it comes out and do because no one's going to see this in the cinema. Okay. They're going to watch it when it comes out on Disney Plus or whatever. It's a Sony film though, isn't it? Netflix. Whatever the fuck. Where's Spider-Man 2 on Netflix? Where's Morbius? Why have they put all the Spider-Man films on Is Netflix Spider-Man except Spider-Man 2? No, they definitely had it listed as coming up and it's not there. It went past... They released Spider-Man... There's nothing one week, and then Spider-Man 3 came out. I'm pretty Netflix. sure I've watched Spider-Man 2 on there. No, it's on there. I watched all of them recently. Amazing Spider-Man 2's on there. I watched that. Mm. That bad movie still. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Venom 2. It's a lot of fun for what it is. Uh, it's it's a really simple movie. There's like a... Midway through the film, one of the only things that, that sort of got to me was Carnage is going around killing a lot of people, and obviously that's his character. I mean, that's what we've been shown. He's a serial killer. He's a murderer. Like, that's the personality that's also exhibited by the symbiote. Um, but Venom starts hopping from body to body and sort of when he's out on his own and away from Eddie and he kills a few people and it's treated just as like a, oh, ignore that. <laughs> and like, it seems a bit weird that this character that he like, he overtly talks about being a hero and being a superhero and doing good, but he's like killing people. Yeah, but it's okay to kill people. It's not though, is it? It is when you're and Venom. like even like characters that have been in both films. I mean, as far as he's concerned, they're not like him. No, but they are people, though. Yeah, but they're That's... not. They're not people to him. Yeah, they are people to him. Is other symbiotes. No, no, but they they are people. Humans to him are food. No, he recognizes humans as both food and people. Like he can differentiate between bad and good people, and recognizes that bad people are potentially food. But he doesn't treat everyone the same. And, like, even Mrs. Chen, who is a main character... Well, not main character, but she's a background character from the first one that reoccurs in this one, and is their source of the specific chocolate that he eats to satiate his need for brains. Mm. And uh, and she is... She almost becomes one of those victims to that same fate, and it's sort of just brushed off as, oh, a silly scene, and it's, it's just kind of not... Oh, wacky venom. It's weird. It's, it's a funny. very weird... And it, it, tonally, it's weird as well. It feels weird when you're watching the film, because every scene that this happens in is treated as a comedy scene so you're seeing these dead bodies drop and then simply it's just like on to the next battery and it's like but no that's doesn't make sense that's okay it can be nasty he's venom 
No, but it's just it totally Venom's like, it, the edgy. Thing, it feels fucking weird. He's an anti-hero. Yeah, I know, but like it still just feels. It's oh. just it's only those fifteen minutes, but it's just it feels fucking weird. It's a very weird choice. But it's anyway. a bit where goes imagine me and you. I do. He plays him. He cooks Eddie breakfast. Oh, that's I don't know why he's upset. Uh, yeah. But yeah, I, I give this. Does uh, he wank Eddie off? Probably. Yeah. Oh, imagine how good that feels. All gooey. You wouldn't be able to, like, you don't you wouldn't have any privacy, would you? I'd skull fuck the Venom thing. Because mm. it can just, like, make stuff disappear. So I'd be like, just make an eye disappear or something. I just. I get real grim with it, man. Especially because, like. It's got teeth. Yeah. So do I. I'd fuck myself. Um, anyway, so Venom, let there be carnage. Um, I'm going to give this a Kevin Dillon. It's pretty good. Oh, from Wild Things. Yeah, it's pretty good. That's Matt Dillon. Same, this is the same person. No, They've both got a weird shaped face, Dillon, haven't they? Kevin Dillon is famously um, bought a Johnny Drama from, from Entourage oh. and the main character from The Blob. That's Matt Dillon. Re- remake. No, Matt Dillon is the... Matt Dillon is the bully in my bodyguard. Matt Dillon was in the blob. No, he wasn't. It's Kevin Dillon. I don't think so. Yeah, it is. I don't like Kevin. Your review. How could he be an entourage? He would have been like fifty. Yeah, he was Johnny Drama. Who the fuck's Johnny Drama? He was Vince Chase's brother. Never seen Entourage. How have you not seen Entourage? It's a pile of shit. I've seen every episode. Jesus fucking Christ! What is wrong with you? I had nothing to do, and HBO was meant to be a source of quality entertainment. It wasn't. And I just got invested. You You're really reviewing. watched a show with Jeremy Piven in it. I did, yeah. Jesus. His wigs were a character in of themselves. Anyway, so last time on Game Grumps, I reviewed the Castlevania collection. Do you remember that? It's the Castlevania collection. The Castlevania collection. It's a bunch of Game Boy Advance games. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, I'm going to review it again. I'm going to review one of the games. You're going to review it again. Because I finished one of the games. I thought you finished two of them. No, because last time I only played a bit of Circle of the Moon and um, Dracula X and stuff and a little bit of Harmony of Dissonance, but I hadn't played, you know, just giving you general impressions of the collection. Yeah. It wasn't about individual games. Going to review Harmony of Dissonance, the second game on the collection. I finished Circle of the Moon, but I've played that years ago. Never played Harmony of Dissonance before. Um, Harmony of Dissonance is really, really some damn good Castlevania, man. Really, really good. It's not... It's, it's a bit more... It's a uh, quite a lot like Symphony of the Night in a lot of ways. It's um, it's not as tricky as Circle of the Moon. Circle of the Moon gets tricky in some places. Or early on, it does anyway. Once you level up a bit, it's piss easy. Yeah. Um, but it's got that easiness that Symphony of the Night has, where it's kind of just fun, just to get around the place and explore and do what you need to do and all that. Um, and it's got a similar plot twisty element to it that actually comes in midway through the story, unlike Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which comes in at the point where you think you're at the ending and then it turns out you're not. Boom, second castle. Yeah. But this one, it's the same castle upside down. Boom, second breakfast. But this the Harmony, Harmony of Dissonance. Um, you're playing a character called Juster. Or Juster, Juster, I can't remember. It's got a silly name. It's Jesk. And him and his buddy have gone to this castle because his buddy went there with this girl because they were looking for treasure or some shit, I don't know. And no, she, she got taken. And now they... <gasps> Liam Neeson's taken. And his buddy Maxim was like, I've lost my memories. We need to go back and find out where she is. And then when you get there, there's another Maxim. And he seems to be evil. Ooh, the castle's doing evil things. Um, And, you know, spoilers for a 20-year-old game. But Evan Hansen is the main bad guy. Um, 
like the evil Maxim is like some demon that's taken the form of him and he's creating a secondary castle from Maxim's mind and all this sort of stuff. Did he get anything good for his... And the uh, second castle is like a corrupted version of the first one. Did he get anything you, good for his likeness? What? Because he took his likeness from him. Did he get anything good for it? No, it's an NFT. The other castle... So it's two castles laid on top of each other. Yeah. And the map's the same for both of them, but one of them's like... They're different layouts, so they've got different textures. You know, the design's different. Like, they haven't just used the same castle twice and, you know, changed the colours a little bit. They're actually, like, fully... Some areas have completely different textures to them and all that, like the pixel and everything. Um, So it is, like, genuinely two separate castles just with the same layout, unlike... Symphony and I, which was just the castle upside down. It was like the exact same castle, but upside down. Dare you simplify how good that and, was. And yeah, it's as a similar thing to Symphony Night, though, because you have to go around and find the bo- bosses, and then there's like an ending you can get. And if you don't do everything, but if you go for a bit more completion, you might start finding some little pieces of Dracula. And when you find all the pieces of Dracula and wear a certain bracelet during a battle, you unlock the real ending. <gasps> but um, you fight Dracula. Uh, yeah, you find Drake's pretty easy. Oh, okay. um, yeah, I got what is a man? Stuff. He's not his final. He's pretty simple, but it's. I think they've purposely made it so the final battle's not too tough because they want you to like, just kind of get the good ending. You done well. You did all the stuff. Um, but no, it's just a really nice Castlevania game. There's, yeah. there's um, what was the magic system? I forgot what the magic system. You blast things. You got magic, magic. magic. Oh yeah, you have like. Um, you have um, you know how like you normally throw an axe or something in this you get elemental magic that you attach to the weapon and it will let you cast a different type of spell so let's say you get the cross and you get ice power on it it makes like a spinning cross fire ice at people but then if you do it with lightning it does something different Mm. Um, I think the lightning one makes the crosses spin around you and like as a shield um, but when you get leveled up high enough, it's basically a you know license to obliterate everything that walks near you. You just like destroy them before That's they what get a James chance. Bond does. Um, but no, it's you know it's a fun little magic system. But it does mean the hearts do nothing. Um, the hearts literally, you, you know, like the hearts only work when you throw the weapon normally. Mm-hmm. But once you have got the magic attempt, you're not going to throw the weapon oh, normally. You're just going to use the magic instead. Yeah. Um, which are your solo fix? They made the hearts your mana. So it's the same thing. So when you collect the hearts, it refills your mana. And you can have unlimited hearts. Um, But it also uses different things. But Mm. no, um, it's, yeah, really solid bit of Castlevania. Good fun story, like interesting stuff to it. It's it's just a good good time. It, you know, plays around with some Castlevania tropes. There's a couple of areas where they're still lifting from Symphony of the Night because that's something they did for years Mm. with the Castlevania games where they lifted whole sections from Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Um, like they even have the the pre D clock tower in the background when you get to Castle Dracula. Um, well, um, yeah, it it it's solid good stuff, and it's a twenty something twenty year old Game Boy Advance game that I'm playing for the first time, which plays really well on TV. Yeah, it looks really nice. Um, I think that if you if you aren't used to playing older pixel art games, and you might be a bit confused as to why it looks a bit soft in places, but for all yeah, it's, it's nice and crisp. It's, nice it's M two, isn't it? Yeah. It's nice and good crisp. conversion. Good conversion. Yeah, you haven't played it. I was watching you play it. Yeah, your fucking mum watches me play it. <laughs> your mum goes to college. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
good company. But no, I've been playing Ariosora as well, and that's good stuff. I haven't finished yeah. it yet, though. But um, that's a lot more trickier. Yeah, it's a, that's the third one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That's the one where they introduced the... That's when the weapons got a bit crazy, because it was, like, all randomised. Is that that one? No, there's no... The stats for weapons change, don't they? So you get different rarities and stuff. No, no. Is it not those no, you ones? just get loads of weapons. Is it a DS? I don't know. But one of the ones had like loads of random weapon stats. I think you're making it up. No. I think you're, you're probably thinking of the free Xbox 360 one, which was like a looter. You're talking about that sweet Lords of Shadow Harmony game? of Despair. Mirror of Fate. No, Harmony of Despair. Mirror of Fate. Which is free on Game Xbox Live. This I month. bought it years ago. Yeah, I've got it on Xbox. Yeah. But anyway, Harmony, Harmony of Dissonance, which is not Harmony of Despair. There's two of them. It's good. It's good. You should um, buy the whole collection to play it. Fucking sweet as cunt. Yeah. Um, the whole collection is 18 quid. It's the right time because it's the spookiest season. Is 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 This Halloween. This is Halloween. This is Halloween. Pumpkin screaming because it's Halloween. Um, so I, I played a game, man. Now, don't despair. Dread. That's right. I played... Judge Dredd versus Judge Death from 2003. The it's take not that. Oh, it's earlier game. than that. No, it wasn't 2003. Isn't it the PS1 game? No. PS1 you game. you me that fired just then? <laughs> I, don't I don't know either anymore. Um, no, I played Metroid Dread. Yeah. I am. I should say I am playing Metroid Dread. I'm at the end of it. I haven't completed it yet. It's a tricky little wicket, this game, isn't it? It's a bit of a tricky game. A bit tricky, but it's fun. It's that's, fun. That's what you call your penis. And that's what I call my penis. It's a <laughs> tricky little wicket. Um, because it keeps getting knocked over by my balls. Um, that didn't make any sense. Uh, so yeah, Metroid Dread. Um, in the run-up to this, I've been very excited about Metroid Dread because I got it for 26 quid. <laughs> no, in the run-up, I've been very excited for Metroid Dread just because I remember, I have really fond memories of Metroid Fusion. I don't own it anymore, but I had it on the Game Boy Advance a very long time ago. I loved Super Metroid. <laughs> But I could never really get on with the first Metroid, so I decided that in the run-up to this, I was going to play um, Mercury Steam's uh, last Metroid game, which was um, Metroid Samus Returns. I don't want to stop you in the path here, but my aunt has um, something shared an image. It's a it's a fleece. Okay. I'm guessing it's one of these things where some come, but she likes something some and it's posting it in her name. But um, it says, never underestimate an old lady who loves wine and was born in February. That makes no sense. Makes yeah. no sense. What was that? Has she commented? Or no, she no, it's just, it's just there. She hasn't commented or anything. She's it just, just liked it, I think. That I don't it. think she even liked it. I think it's just posted on her wall. Oh, so she's probably been hacked. I anyway. like the fact that it's got a bound... That it calls her an old lady. No, I like the fact it's got a clear... A clearer uh, boundary line there, where it's like sort of where the images have been photoshopped together, yeah, where yeah, it's yeah. just layered the layers on. It's fantastic, and it doesn't yeah. move with the material, so it's just a flat image on the material. Yeah, that's some really Beautiful. good photoshopping. That is. Beautiful. Yeah, that's uh, that is mum level photoshopping. That is. All right, I can't uh, wait till I get the algorithm start making clothes for oh, me. Oh, I had one. I did never underestimate one. a middle aged guy who collects Transformers and was born in June. Yeah. Yeah, never underestimate them. They're the ones most likely to be serial killers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, Metroid Dread. Sorry. So, uh, yeah. So I played some. I played the other Metroid games in the run up to this. So I played Metro Zero Mission, Fusion, um, Samus Returns, and Super Metroid. So I played those in the run up to playing this. Um, and uh, and yeah, it's been it's been very odd starting with Zero Mission because so much of that was refined from what happened in the first Metroid. The first Metroid to me is. 
I've never been able to get on with it. I have tried and tried and tried to play it, and I have never really gotten very far in it. Um, Ant's going to tell me now I'm a scrub, quickly. What? Tell me that I'm a scrub because I can't what play game? the original Metroid. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely scrub. Yeah. It's actually not that hard. No, probably not. Um, so I tried Metroid 2, the Game Boy version, and I also could not get on with that. No, and um, berate me. I finished that. Yeah, you yeah. did. Well done. Yeah, it's quite short. It's really it's quite simple. So instead, I played the remakes of Zero Mission. So that's the first Metroid game redone. So I played that. Then I played Super Metroid. No, sorry. Then I played Samus Returns. And then I played Super Metroid. Then I played Fusion. And I am so fucking glad I did because, oddly enough, a lot of the shit that happened in those previous games is sort of back in this. There's a very brief sort of catch-up, but it doesn't really give context. Well, Dread's a sequel to Fusion. It's it's a sequel to all of those games. Yeah, I mean, I mean every every fifth game in a series is a sequel to yeah, that's true. four um, games that come before it. I, that is true. It's um, a direct sequel to Fusion. Yeah, um, that is true. And it, like, I can see this being one of those games that if you've not played or if you didn't know really anything about Metroid leading up to this, you probably wouldn't really have a clue. Like, Because once like things like the X-Parasites come into it and your natural immunity, thanks to the Metroid-derived uh, um, vaccine you were given and shit like that, and it's like... No, she refused it. She wanted to do her own research. <laughs> and then she got infected by the X-Parasite and the world ended. Um yeah, it's a really, really cool game. Now, um, yeah, so the whole thing is that Samus um, has finally... what well, they found a Chozo planet where there seems to still be some living Chozos uh, because they've sort of disappeared from the universe at this yeah, point. Yeah, they go there because there's an para- X-Parasite on it. They're, that's... That's why they went there. They didn't go there because they found gonna Chozos on there. Gonna get Chodos, more no. like. So you turn up on this planet and uh, you are there indeed because someone has recorded an ex-parasite being on the planet and before your arrival they have sent what they call EMI robots, E-M-M-I. Which From are the machines. Cafe Latte Company. Yeah. Um, they've sent them down there with some lattes. Uh, no, they've sent them to the planet to go and capture... Please sponsor me, EMI Cafe Latte. <laughs> they've sent them to the planet. Do they one. do their own version of like the, the Nespresso? They've got a whole bunch of ones. Uh, they got the light one, they got the mocha... A quick sidebar. Did you see There's that someone published their, their like one of the Tories published their like spending? Oh yeah. And they were like they were like this is how difficult it is to go buy an eighty two thousand pounds a year. And they were spending, like sharing all their spending. And at the bottom it said Nespresso subscription seventy five pound a month for Nespresso capsules. Fuck's sake, man! Two jars of Altavica frigging coffee seven quid. Gets you for a month. Seven eight quid. Gets yeah, I'll give you a month. Maybe get some beans. Maybe make a fancy coffee if you fancy it. But yeah. Nespresso is shit coffee anyway. It's just instant coffee. I mean, shit, you bought coffee every day from Costa, it'd probably just about reach 70 quid. Well, no, let's think about it, right? So if you only have a coffee What's from there? Costa when you're working an hour How much and does it cost a coffee? 275 £3? So you're spending £15 a week, £60, and a couple of jars, 67 quid, you're yourself £8. Saving yourself £8 if you go to Costa... And just have instant coffee when you're at home. Maybe a cheeky Costa for lunch. A treat. You cunt. Like a um, Cafe Nero instead. Anyway, so Metroid Dread. So, yeah, she lands on the planet and the Emmys attack her when she arrives. And these things are nigh on unkillable. Um, unless unless um, Samus is able to use a very specific energy to fight back against them. They're still very dangerous in that mode. but But there are six of them on the planet. And it's up to Samus to get back to her ship, find out what's happened, report back, and also discover why when she landed, the Chozo that was there attacked her and stripped her of her power suit. Because they don't like her. Uh, there's more to it than that. I mean, she's wearing one of their some of their armour. Like, they're going to want it back. 
But yeah, she's like a known entity to the Chozo. That's kind of the thing. Because she's the only human they've ever trained to... And the only human they've ever given access to their technology. Um... But anyway, so yeah, so really, really interesting, really fun. I'm enjoying it so far. It's classic Metroid, so as soon as you start getting powers, you sort of slowly feel more and more like that badass. Um, you don't get the initial starting section that you mentioned. I didn't really notice. You know how normally there's like... Yeah, I don't know why no one's mentioned it, Well, I'm the only person who seems to voice up, because I've not even seen any of the games critic types mentioned. I think because Metroid Fusion got rid of it... No, Fusion has, like, you powered up in the... Um suit and then you get infected and then your suit changes no because you you've got an fmv where you walk in and you that thing gets shot oh, but you, you don't control her at all no i'm sure you have a bit no no at any point i played it recently your mum played it recently but like and i think that you've got metro zero mission you start not even being able to shoot more than a meter yeah in but that's metroid that's the first yeah. game like and then samus returns you get some of those powers but samus returns is a bit of a weird one because it's metroid 2 so it was you sort of you get powered up very quick in that hmm but yeah, like all in all, Metroid Dread, um, it's, it might be my game of the year. It's so fucking solid. Like in terms of everything, technology, the way it works, how smooth it is. I've had like one or two situations where I've had issues with the shoulder buttons. The shoulder buttons are all a bit, their use is a bit strange. There's but, too many buttons to press for some things. Yeah. Like I prefer the, it. um, in the other games, you toggle the yeah, rockets on and off. Stuff, yeah. You no, know, it's just R button on yeah. Super Metroid. It just toggles the rocket on or off. It opens the thing. Yeah. But on this is a hold, and I don't like the hold. I want it. If it was just a tap, you could tap in the name. Some of it makes sense later on with the powers mm. that you get, but it still does feel a bit like there's a steeper learning curve in this one than there are to other Metroids. But I guess that's like that's modern gaming, isn't it? There's more more really to get your head around in I saw people complain about the difficulty I bet, I bet there are people who play Dark Souls and they complain about the difficulty oh no I've had no problem with the difficulty like the bosses are the only place where I've died and they are fucking good like yeah. a load of the Crade boss is incredibly animated like I don't know if you've seen any of the videos of it but it looks it looks like a fucking it looks like an animated film I like the Crade in the first game because he's like he's just tiny slightly a bit taller <laughs> Um, in this, yeah, he's massive. And he, well, like, in Super Metroid, when you get to him, you fight like a small crate and you kill it. And yeah. then this massive fucking one bursts yeah. out of the ground and you have to fight like a giant crate. It's, it's like, basically, oh, that's the same boss battle as this. is with like, the big now. And stuff. Um, but yeah, really fucking good. Really enjoying it. Once you unlock something, it gives you a little hint as to where to go next. And the game, like for a Metroidvania, this one does lead you in the right direction very naturally. Like, you'll go from one section, you'll get something, and then suddenly you can just basically cut through in a shortcut to another area you haven't been before. Or there's, like, a fucking lift that will take you somewhere. There's some cool environmental stuff happening in this one. At one point, there is a creature that stops the heating system working. So, like, a big section of the ship is frozen, so you can't traverse the normal routes you would, so you have to go a different way. I mean, like, natural storytelling and direction like that is fantastic. It's it's so... Should have bought ice picks like Lara Croft always yeah. does. It's one of those things that I, a lot of people say that we're at such a good time for Metroidvanias that, you know, this this coming out now seems like a bit of an odd one because it's sort of like in a sea of good games. Yeah, there's all these, there's, every indie game developer has got a Metroidvania nowadays and this is the first new Metroid game for 15 years yeah. and there hasn't been a new Castlevania <laughs> Yeah. For friggin' ages. Well, the thing about this as well is... When was the, the last Castlevania? Like, proper single mainline Castlevania? Lords of Shadow 2? No, the DS one. It would be the DS, last DS game, because no, Lords, Lords of Shadow, Shadow isn't Castlevania. Yes, it is. Fuck it, Lords of Shadow so, is bollocks. It's Dante's Inferno. 
So one of the not way, even God of War. So one of the things I will say is that the difference between this and an, and an indie Metroidvania, and I think that this is the case unless unless they very specifically Samus doesn't break the fourth wall. No, with unless, work quirky humor. Unless they very specifically design it so that your character is going on a linear journey. A lot of the times, those games will have issues with signposting where to go next. They'll do their best, but it's usually a smaller team. It's usually limitations to what they can do. And they mm. tend to have those sections where you do just get lost. Whereas with Metroid, at no point have I not been like, I know what I've got to do. I've probably got to get to that room above there. And the game has told me in the first I know what five I've got seconds, to do, but I don't know if I'm strong enough to do it. <laughs> one, of the, one of the things it tells you immediately, before, you, before anything else... Go to the bridge to kill Han. <laughs> <laughs> fire rockets at walls to find out how to get through those walls. Mm. And people have complained and been like, oh, how was I to know I was meant to shoot up there? It's like, you can see a room up there. And there is a very thin divide. Just shoot. I got stuck in one room, but um, there was tiny little tentacle things coming out in the shadow, so I could see them to shoot. There's always hints in those games. I think... It's just not as clear as it was on the older games. The older games always had, like, a clear texture that was slightly And I think that's part of the... Not always, though. There's always hidden... Metroid 2 has a bit where you have to... Destroy to a hidden small, bit. You, well. well, you have to destroy a hidden bit, and there's no way of knowing, and you have to do it to progress. Oh. There's a yeah. there's a section in Metroid: Samus Returns where they've added in like a scanner function. Yeah, they've added it to this as well. You get it later on. Yeah, not now Metroid Two. But um, was, there, was there a scanner? There might have been a scanner. Not in the original. Not in the original. It was a Super Metroid? Because it shows you Super Metroid might have had it, but it shows you where there's like a pathway that you can't see. Because there is a section in um, Samus Returns where there's no change in the. Um, in the actual um, texture on the block, so you can't see that you're meant to blow it up, and then you like you press the scanner, it's like, oh, this is the path, and you're like, oh, okay, I have no idea how anyone would have seen that in the original. But with this, I think that there are only two bad things I have to say about it, and they aren't game breaking, and one of them is just a minor irritation based on my own mental issues. Um, one, the map doesn't fill in automatically when you go into a room; you have to sort of jump all around the room for the map to completely uh, fill it in. Weird choice developers and the other is that what the heck game developers and the other is that the actual game itself ah! what has my suspend points gone from metroid super metroid did you go with oh that? no i had save files okay okay um one of the one of the things i will say yeah the the actual textures themselves in going from hd to this they have some of the hints it is HD. No, sorry, going in going from the games that weren't in HD didn't have any of those textures and things like that to this where it's it can be massive. You can be the, the tiniest thing on the screen and they're like in a massive room. Hmm. Some of those little hints and stuff do get lost in the HD textures where they wouldn't before. And I think that that's just more like because you don't have control of the camera, because you don't have the ability to sort of um sort of inspect elements. Because I mean look, Samus is massive on that. On, on Maybe you don't yeah, have a scanner on this one. No, you don't. I don't think. No. No. On um, it's it was introduced in Samus Returns because it's like the Aeon shit. It's like but from yeah, the other the, end the scanner comes in on Metroid Prime. It was yeah. like a whole central mechanic of the oh, Metroid yeah, Prime games. Oh yeah, yeah. You literally scan everything. Yeah, you scan absolutely friggin' everything. In those Metroid Prime Dread. Games. Metroid Dread is a Tom Atkins. Apart from those two irritations, the map and the HD textures, meaning that some of the hints at where stuff is lost. Uh, but like, if you're a Metroid player, if you've played the other games, then you'll know to shoot everything with missiles anyway. And yeah, I'm you've really got to enjoying it towards the microphone because you'll get taken out by I'm the really noise. I'm really enjoying thing. this. It is a Tom Atkins. It is possibly you know where my how game microphones of the year. work. 
And your review. Is it a Tom Atkins? Your, yes. I met Tom Atkins. Yes, you did. <laughs> you did. I had a video. Shook his hand. He's such a nice guy. Shook his hand. He seemed genuinely not interested mm. when my hedgehog was doing it. No, he was very interested. He laughed. Did he? He, had a fu- he thought it was fucking hilarious. Oh. When <laughs> did you explain that he's one of my favourite actors, which is why I named my hedgehog Tom Atkins? Yeah, yeah, I told him. So he named his hedgehog after you. Oh, it's a coincidence. <laughs> coincidence. Just total coincidence. <laughs> I found your films after the fact. Yeah. Just wow, that's weird. Uh, I miss yeah. Tom Atkins. And he was like, yeah, you, you know, some of them are right. <laughs> Uh, your review, Ant. Right. Power Rangers Dino Fury, season oh, one. Go to sleep. It's complete. I haven't actually, I actually haven't watched the last episode because the last episode is a Christmas special. Gross. But I think I should save that for Christmas. Yeah. They've already aired it. They've aired the Christmas special. Because they love that shit in Japan all year round. It's not in Japan. China. It's Power Rangers. It's America. America. They aired it in Australia. They're all fucking Christmas. When's Christmas in Australia? Christmas. Is Christmas in December in Australia or is it in summer? I don't know. It's summer when it's. Which way does that work? I don't say. Anyway, it's it's Australian summer now. Ooh, lucky them. Where's our summer? Uh, Brexit. It'd be all year Brexit, round. Brexit took our summer. At some point. Anyway, it's a Dino Fury. Um, bunch of Rangers. They wake up a ancient warrior. He's the Red Dino Ranger. There's a villain called Void Knight who wears similar armor. He's got a similar look to him. He's got some armor that looks like the same armor, but he's evil or something, and he's planning to resurrect his love of his life. He's got called Santuna or something. I can't remember the name. Anyway, they fight him. It's Power Rangers, you mm. know. It's always about. Um, it's been a really good series. This we're uh, really impressed with the. Um, been really impressed. Pro- impressed. I've been <laughs> impressed. <laughs> I was wondering. Um, there's a lot of effort over the course of the series to improve stuff like the the camera work in it in general, just in dialogue scenes where characters are talking. Finally. Um, like the camera isn't just sitting still; it's moving around with the actors and working its way through a set as they talk. Yeah. Which Power Rangers would usually like they wouldn't give much set direction because it's like they've the older shows feels like they film it as quickly as possible, where everyone just walks into set and they stand around and then they say the words and then get out. And there'll be some hilarious japes going on. Oh, love those japes. Scenes that are focused on dialogue are usually just characters stand around, but in this, it's like they've like they've been given actual direction. And like they've got, like they've clearly using like crane rigs and stuff like that in some sequences, where the camera is working its way up the stairs and stuff like that, and moving around and things like that. This is nice stuff. Um, there's also like a lot, a lot of extra stuff shot for the American, for the American show in New Zealand. It's shot in New Zealand. Um, more than I'd expect. Like I really don't think they've used much of the Rio soldier footage at all. It's like you probably get like maybe like 30 seconds to a minute per episode that's footage from Ryu Soldier and most of that will be the mecha fight um, you know you go back to some of the older series of Power Rangers and like 60% of an episode will be the footage from Japan and the whole point of shooting these shows is to save money is to use the Japanese footage for all the special effects and stuff yeah. and they're just not doing it but there's like in the last episode for example there's a sequence where in Dino Fury one of the villain characters gets sent to some other pocket dimension thing. It's fine. Some other pocket dimension. But in Ryu Soldier, that character doesn't get sent there in that episode, in the episode that corresponds with it. That character's present during a fight against one of the other villains, where the villain gets destroyed. So by sending that character to the other dimension, they had to re-time, re-edit, and cut around a character that should be there 
during that fight sequence. They even do a completely new explosion effect to cover over the cut where I what I think they've done is done a seamless cut on the shot to mix in a background plate where the character isn't there to make it look like that character hasn't walked into the shot as it does in Ryu Soldier. Like they've created extra work for themselves when they could have just not sent the character to this other dimension and just used the footage as raw as it was from Japan. They even, during the fight, the mecha fights inside some big old vortex thing, it's like an interdimensional vortex thing, there's a couple of extra shots in there that weren't from Rear Soldier, so they had to go and film extra effect shots and green screen stuff and that to mat in the mecha into the shot. Because they don't think they get the mecha suits in America. It's very rare that they film mecha stuff. Um, and then put in the mon- the character who was sent into the other dimension earlier, mm. like in the background. And it's just like they went to all this extra effort when they could have just not done that and just had the character be there mm. for a scene and then not have to do any work. But they just made more work for themselves. And that's like extra effort that I wouldn't expect from them. Like some older series of Power Rangers, it just feels like they're writing around whatever footage they can use from the Sentai show. But this doesn't feel like it. It feels like they're only using the Sentai footage when they have to. Um, but some of the American shot action sequences are like really inventive stuff. Like, um, you know, there's one where one of the characters like busts a crate open, he slashes it into a, like a surfboard, and the ground's all wet, and he's like riding it like a surfboard, slashing all the bad guys as he goes. And that wasn't in the Japanese show. That's all been shot extra. You know, little extra stunt sequences. Um, the finale, the main fight at the end of the first of the season, is all the characters unmorphed. So that's not footage from Ryu Soldier. That's like, you know, they got the actors to do a whole stunt sequence and it is the actors for some of it. Like they are, you do get good shots where you see the actors doing the stunts. Although there is quite a lot of stunt person covering their face with their elbow, which is a Power Rangers staple. Oh yeah. Because you have to turn around, make sure they don't see your elbow. Dab, cough into your elbow, kids. That's how you stop coronavirus. Even though it's getting worse. But there's like really neat stuff. All the side characters that crop up every now and again, apart from maybe J-Borg. J-Borg's a bit weird. Who? Um, J-Borg's this Android assistant that the owner of the website two of the characters work at has made. And she's like meant to do everything. And it's hilarious. J-Borg, Japes, it's the, she's the Balkan skull of the show. Um, but she's some woman who's killing her career by wearing a red wig and pretending to be a robot and doing hilarious things like eating bubblegum. Um, which robots shouldn't eat bubble gum? Yeah, because it gets them jammed up. Yeah, right? it gets them jammed up. Yeah, she blows a giant. AI? She blows a giant bubble. Have you not seen AI yeah. with Hedy Joel Osment? He eats the spinach. No, oh, he shouldn't have ate that. Doesn't make him stronger. No. He's a no. Um, but this stuff, like one of the girls, I can't remember her name. One of the Pink Ranger, her granddad, he looks after her. Her parents uh, are missing. Yeah, that'll be a plot point at some point. I'm pretty sure. Um, but her granddad's like, you know, he's quite a nice, fun character. Although in one episode, he um. Something happens when he's on a ladder and he falls back off the ladder and they just sort of watch him fall to the ground. <laughs> he lands on a pile of leaves, so it's fine. Oh, right. But I would have thought Maybe five teenagers, try. one of them could have tried. Mm. Um, that's a good time. They, there seems to be arcs being built up for the second series as well. Because they um, Lord Zed turns up in one episode. You told me about this. Just out of nowhere. Just He's back. They explain it, why, and they use it as a way of introducing a monster who can resurrect monsters from the dead. Um, that's the way of getting use out of the extra costumes for a while. And because in Ryu Soldier, a couple of monsters get blown up and brought back a few times. It's a thing that happens. Um, but Lord Zed just turns up and they have a whole episode. He's got this collar on that's keeping him in place. The, one of the rangers frees him from the collar. So, you know, effectively Zed will turn on the mon- on the villains and they can use that to their advantage. 
And then Zed fucks off to go find his staff because he hasn't got his staff. And um, there's you know, an episode later, you hear the warning that, oh, we need the Gold Ranger to, you know, stop Lord Zed's evil reign or something because Lord Zed's kind of come back at some point. So it seems like, yeah, the next series is going to have Lord Zed be one of the main villains. Which is kind of cool to see Zed back. He's got a new costume. He looks jacked. He's freaking, you know, just bulky as hell. Bulkiest Lord Zed's ever been. He's been working out while he's not been existing. Well, I guess he resurrects him to the peak of his physical ability. Well, he wasn't dead, technically. Is <laughs> he not? No, because um, the way Zord... Was he said Zed, in space? In, in Power Rangers in space, when Zordon's destroyed... By he, get, he tells the Red Ranger to kill him. Zordon's goodness wave heads out across the galaxy and turns all the bad people into good guys. So Lord Zed gets turned into a human with a turtleneck sweat around his neck. Hmm. Um, so technically he wasn't dead. He was just some dude. He was just living his life somewhere, you know, having a good old time now because he's not evil anymore. And some monster came along and resurrected him. But that's a bit harsh, isn't it? Hmm. Lord Zed doesn't get his happy ever after. Although, to be fair, the actor is dead now, so he didn't get his happy ever after. Yeah, probably that fucking pain that killed him. He wasn't in the costume. He was a voiceover. He did voice acting. You get a stuntman in the costume. They're expendable. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Like Kane Hodder. Like like Sylvester Sloan and Jason Statham. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's Dino, Dino Fury's it's good stuff. It's the best Power Rangers has been since the Disney era. Um like Beast Morphers was decent and probably on par with like Dino Charge, which Dino Charge was all right out of the Neo Saban stuff. Mm. Beast Morphers sort of benefited a lot by the second series being a really cool like legacy focused series, and they are definitely working towards every now and again sprinkling in a little bit of Power Rangers history. Um, oh, the Lord Zed episode shows the Dark Rangers who are fucking hilarious. Google Google Lord Zed's Dark no. Rangers. No, because no, you'll get a good laugh out of their costumes. It's a podcast, all right? Okay. Yeah, you'll get a good laugh. Lord Zed's Dark Rangers. If it's they just actually, a bunch of black people, maybe no, no. they actually showed them on screen, which is like the first time they've ever been acknowledged in any Power Rangers stuff ever. Like they've had multiple clip shows of Power Rangers, and they've never oh shown my these God. guys. Yeah, yeah, you see what I mean? <laughs> this looks like this looks like Indian Super. Do you know what they do in the episode? They walk out of a cave. You get told they're a big threat, and then they disappear. Because the directors were like, what the fuck does this costume look like? Well, we've shot it now. We have to use it. Yeah. And they never do anything with them. They were meant to be the big bad for the series. but They just look... Are they humans under those? Yeah, yeah. It's a bunch of bullies at the school. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, it looks like they've come back for the comics. Oh, God. But anyway, um, Dino Fury's good, solid stuff. I, I, I liked it. And, you know, it's decent. It's, it's very... It's not doing anything special beyond some production increase but it's good stuff it's good stuff you should um review stick thing. it in your butt what's your next thing fucking cunts um i'm gonna review halloween kills on the podcast I'm gonna review this is your last halloween. review yeah oh thank god halloween kills so uh yeah i have um it's fine the problem with the new james bond is that you're not reviewing the new james bond they're reviewing halloween kills no uh just a quick one. I would just say, new James Bond, it's alright. It's alright. A lot of people complain about a lot of shit, but it's uh, not as bad as the last one, Spectre. So, uh, you know, it is on par with Skyfall, um, but worse than Casino Royale. Your face is on par with Skyfall. Yeah. Anyway, 
So, I'm going to review Halloween Kills, the sequel to 2018's Halloween. So, yeah, so, um, Mikey Myers. Old Mikey Myers. Do I make you horny, baby? He's back. He's, uh, he's back. So, for anyone who doesn't know, 2018's Halloween ended with Mike Myers being trapped in a burning building as firemen turned up. We immediately start in that situation with Laurie Strode being uh, driven to in the back of a truck on her way to hospital because she's been stabbed ooh ooh it's become ominous here the tones of John John Carpenter have joined us you're going to stop that thing yeah because you complained about me playing Evan Hansen earlier and it's just horrific Um, so yeah so uh, Mike Myers he manages to kill every one of the fucking five that are trying to help him and then just goes on a rampage. Goes on a violent fucking rampage. This is a violent movie. Sweet. But, and I say this with all due respect, this feels so much like the middle part of a trilogy that I do not feel like I have seen a complete product in the hour and 40 minute runtime. Uh, which is a bit of a problem. It's a minor problem. Um, it does close off some... Parts. So this Halloween, we're introduced to a few more characters that were in the original film. So you've got uh, you've got uh, Tommy's back. You remember the kid that was being babysat that was like next door? No one remembers Tommy. Oh, okay. Uh, I mean, I know who you mean, but no one, no one gives a shit. Do you remember Lonnie? That's a little girl. That was... No, Lonnie was a little boy. Lonnie is also back. Tommy's the boy. Tommy's a boy. Lonnie's a boy. And then you've got... Uh, Who's a boy and a girl? a little girl. No, Lonnie's a boy. Let me just quickly get the names up so I don't make mistakes here. Because these 70s people are confusing. Um, but yeah, so basically Mike Myers is on a rampage. So a mob get together to try and stop him from killing any more people. No. Um, and in their in their anger, in their, in their confusion, they end up accidentally killing a person who isn't Michael Myers. Who's just someone who's sort of mentally challenged and trapped in a building, which is very sad. No. Um, so you've got Tommy. Oh. <clears throat> so you've got Tommy, you've got you've got Lonnie, which is a man. Oh, it's Robert Longstreet. So it's the same guy who played the drunk in uh, Midnight Mass. I liked him in Midnight Mass. And Marion is one of the women. Are you Lindsay? sure they're all characters Lindsay? from previous films? Yeah, yeah. Tommy and Lonnie are both from previous films. Because remember, Lonnie's the little kid who... Um, who uh, Donald Pleasance goes, go to bed, Lonnie. Oh, no one fucking remembers Yeah, that. see, fucking... now you're remembering it. That's not a character. Now you're remembering it. So, so these people are back and they're sort of, some of them are related to characters from the last film. So some of the kids are uh, kids of those people. Um, but Tommy in particular has never gotten over that night. Like the fear and, and the anger and everything else. He's sort of become... Uh, no, but we forgot about him for like 40-something years. <laughs> yeah, no, no. But he's become obsessed with with that night and what happened and the fact that Mike Myers was out on a rampage the night before and they sort of discover in this film what happened the night before because not everyone in the town is aware. Mm. Um, And that's all brought together into a bubbling pot of just simmering hate that just explodes and causes him to start this mob. So he gets baseball back, gets a bunch of people together. He's like, we're going to take down Mike Myers. Uh, Spoilers, they fail miserably. And it's fucking great to see. Of course they do. Uh... But um, but Laurie is sort of of the mind that she's still thinking, oh, Mike Myers is obsessed with me, but Patton, um, Will Patton, who played the sheriff in the last one, he survives. 
And he explains to her, no, the doctor drove him there because the doctor was obsessed with the story of you and this guy. He was obsessed with that rivalry. It was nothing to do with you. It was just the fact that he was pushing this entity towards you. And she's like, so he's not coming to the hospital. He's like, no, he doesn't care. He's just this thing that kills and kills. And the more he kills, the more powerful he gets. He just doesn't stop. And he levels uh, up. Yeah, basically. And she's like, oh, okay. And then, and then Lori the- runs out in the street and she sees him and she's got her little power rating thing. She goes, it's over 9,000. It's over 9,000. Um, I'm going to get a lot out of my, Ham- in my Mark Hamill impression today. Um, but she... Joker's here. <laughs> Hello, Batman. Um, but she, basically, the end of the film insinuates... Don't talk about the end of the film. No, 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 no. I'm not going to spoil it. But the end of the film insinuates that there might be some degree of obsession but it may or may not come from the fact that now Michael Myers sort of has a rival in Laurie. Like in the last film, if you remember, she was very focused on trying to kill him and she thought a bit like there's some sort of connection between the two of them. She was obviously, she had prepared herself and her whole house just to kill this one entity and had failed. Not only had she failed, she'd been left hospitalized by the experience thinking that she could probably have, have survived it or, the fact that she thought she could survive it, or the fact that she thought she could rival him, sort of was proven wrong. Huh. Um, but it's really good. It, it, I really enjoyed it. There's loads of really cheesy shit, like Tommy's little fucking army of dickheads. They start chanting, evil dies tonight. And like, that's their rallying. Cry. They sing a song. Yeah. <laughs> Hellfire. <laughs> it's like, no, it's just like, like, it's literally like, Hunchback of Notre Dame. Yeah, that's pit, what I said. Yeah. They, they've got the torches, yeah. you know. Um, but no, like, it's fucking, it's it's very, like, I mean... If I, it bleeds, we can kill it. <laughs> the ending, I was so satisfied with one scene at the end, and then it cuts to a, a it sort of it goes to a more um, artistic impression of what's happening. Mm. So it goes from a very violent scene to suddenly it's like a spinning camera around things happening, and it disconnects you. It also makes it feel very much like the threat is lowered by the people that are challenging Mike Myers, but... The whole film is is still pretty great. Like, I did enjoy it a lot. Um, I'm looking forward to the next part. It comes out next year in October, as long as we don't get another pandemic. Fingers crossed, we don't. Oh, we um, get another pandemic in, I reckon. Yeah. Another squeezed in. Uh, but, uh, yeah, this is a trilogy. It's, it's as good as the last one. Potentially better. Because I think the last one, um, the kids, some of the dialogue from the kids was a bit shit in this. My biggest problem was just that stupid chant. The rest of it was kind of... I like the English reporter lady in the last one. This is evil. She was the nice. The podcasters. Yeah, she was nice. Are you, is this your way of saying you're attracted to someone? She's lovely. I'm going to... She gets yeah, killed. This is, though, this, is one of those, so this is one of those things I'll never understand. She's not back in this She's one. quite fuckable. Personality-wise, I'm not sure. Never met her. And your review... Oh, uh, I'm going to give this a Helen Mirren. I really liked it, but it is definitely a part of a trilogy, so there is some stuff lacking there. Although she is our dame, she's done some shit like Red and Red 2. Your review, Ant? Who? Helen Mirren? Yeah. She's in um, Shazam 2. She is indeed with Lucy Lou. Yay, Lucy Lou. So that's why you say Shazam 2 with Lucy Lou. Electric Lucy Lou. What? Shazam 2, Electric Lucy Lou. What? Just giving you gold. Oh, right. Sorry. Because I thought you were, you were stealing my joke. But obviously not. No, your review, Ant. Right. Star Trek. Lower Decks. Oh, yeah. Season 2. Is it finished now? Yep. Yeah, all 10 episodes. Ved. Um, the show is the best Star Trek on TV. Yeah. Um, I mean, say, <coughs> right, right now, and not counting streaming services, because obviously the streaming services have Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, 
But this is some of the best Star Trek has ever done. Because it was great. Like, it's still got the same issues I had with the previous series, that characters like go to naught from naught to 100 instantly. Like they, they do love a good bit of shouting and screaming. And, the last episode was my favorite um, episode that this being all, was produced. Being all like, ah, crazy mm. wacky happens. Did you see that crazy thing that happened? Um, but there's a lot of love for Star Trek and a lot of love for science fiction tropes and like... It, Literally, the last with... episode was perfect. You didn't watch it? Yeah, I did. The one with simulations? Is that the last one? No. Oh, is that not? No. Oh, okay. Simulations? Yeah, where they've got the tests. Yeah, that was like two episodes ago. Oh, is that episode eight? Episode Jesus eight is my Christ. favorite episode the series has produced so far. No, the last episode is like possibly some of the best Star Trek since Deep Space Nine. Really? Yeah. Because I loved Boinder in that, sp- in that. Oh, yeah, he's constantly trying <laughs> to beat like, the Borg he, thing. He does the Borg thing and gets 74%. And I was like, oh, wow, Boinder's actually really competent. And then he's just like, go again. No, he's possibly the most competent person in yeah. Starfleet. <laughs> it's like that. It's, it's just that his neuroses gets in the way. 98% and he just goes, I've done it. I've escaped the point. He's got Borg baby strapped all over his body. Yeah. I was like... Um, what I liked in that episode is that they brought Alice Craig back to play yeah, the Borg Queen. For like two seconds. Like, the Borg Queen's going to be in, in Star Trek Picard, not played oh, really? by Alice Craig. Oh. Yeah. So... I love that scene where it's like... This has got more I swing. saw you empathy. Were you... Were you, were you and good? also, the next season of Picard's big thing is that it's got John Delancey play back as Q. Oh, he was in... Yeah, he Lower did... Dex. He played Q in the last series of, of <laughs> Lower Decks. Lower Decks beat him to it. Um, the only thing is this series is that there's a few episodes early on especially where they really rely on constantly referencing the collector previous episode I didn't like well the collector is a reference to an episode of um, the, original the original series, series that's yeah. got a guy who looks a lot like Paul Rice and I can never remember his name in it the guy he kidnaps Data and tries to add him to his collection yeah. and um, that episode's got a really dark thing where Data kills the guy and you're not sure if Data had an emotional reaction or not mm. Um, I just didn't like. I just didn't like the um, the collector part, but the other part where they had the ambassador that was panicked, played by uh, what's the name of the guy? He's a famous Jewish actor and he's in loads of stuff. He's always in like a neurotic. Larry person. David. No, <laughs> he was in Scrubs. He played like a guy who had hypochondria as well. Oh, Ted, Ned, Ted. No, 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 no. Another guy, but he he has a very distinctive voice. Uh, Richard Kind. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Richard Kind. Yeah, yeah. He's in he's in this and he plays the alien diplomat. That's like when he's nervous, he duplicates, but if he's yeah, annoyed, yeah. he shrinks down. Yeah, um, and I fucking love that episode. Yeah, the, the series is fantastic. The, the Packled Planet episode is going to play into things later on because they they end this series on a cliffhanger um, for you. Although it's not like Next Generation where it's like mid-story cliffhanger because Next Generation and Deep Space Nine, whenever they would do a cliffhanger end into a season, it was like you knew it was going to be a two-parter. Mm. This is more you had a complete episode and then a thing happens and that's your hook to the next series. Which won't be long, because how do they keep churning out these animated shows so quickly these days? What's going on? Well, Jack Quaid's doing the boys' season. Oh, no, they Yeah, but every, boys, every animated they? show doesn't wait a year for its next season. The next season turns up, like, six months later. Well, because they do the voice recording for, like... Yeah, but how are they... What are they doing to these animators? Well, nothing. Who are these just... slave drivers? Do you know I how think... hard animation is? Yeah, but I think most of the animation's done, and the lips are done, and that's it. Animation's a lot of work. Yeah, I know, but like the tracking for like voices and stuff like that. The voices is the, is the quickest part of the yeah, process. That's what I mean. Like they'll just they'll do the animation whilst all that shit's happening. So for like months and months, they'll be doing animation. But like it's, it's too much work. They should give those Koreans some time off. Yeah, it's going to be a bunch of Koreans in a sweatshop somewhere. Well, a lot of it might be flash animation. It's not flash animation. No, it's no one uses either. flash nowadays. Archer. Archer doesn't use flash. No, it doesn't. Doesn't. No, Archer's proper. Archer's three D freaking constructions 
Mm. Anyway, um, no, it really solid stuff. The second half of the series doesn't rely on those tropes, but like I say, the first half had like the giant Spock was in the collector's thing, which is a TOS original. Um, it's those old scientists reference, um, which was also in within the collector thing. Um, you had stuff like Boimler getting cloned while working on board the Titan, which that's what happened to Will Riker. Mm. Um, because Will Riker was, they, they just know they were going to um, replace, well, they weren't going to replace Will Riker. They had this idea, they thought Riker had got a bit boring. So they did the whole storyline where Riker's got a copy of himself from a transporter accident. Yeah. Because they were toying with the idea of killing Will Riker off and having Thomas Riker take his place. But so basically, giving Jonathan Frakes a chance to play the character in a different way. Yeah. But they didn't go with that in the end. They let Thomas Riker bugger off, and he turns up in Deep Space Nine, series three. I like the fact that they used the the fact he has a clone to get into that party. Yeah, it's good. I love the yeah double boimlers. You got mm. that's going to come back later. I think the Vulcan from the um. Oh, you haven't seen that episode. The ninth episode is an episode where you the show keeps splitting around between the lower decks crews I've of a Klingon Vulcan. I actually, have seen that. One. Yeah, that was yeah. last week's one. Um, yeah, it goes to the Vulcan Klingon, like different crews on their lower mm. decks, but all the stories still come together and tie up at the end mm. where they all get involved in the same situation. Yeah, I like the Klingon one um, because it's like, are you showing emotion? No. That's Vulcan. Oh, the Vulcan, sorry. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's just because she says she has a feeling, so you're out of control. Mm. It's like, just constantly telling this girl, this Vulcan woman, she's out of control because she has a hunch. Mm. <laughs> um, but no, that, that was a really solid good series the only thing I'd like is just calm the show down a little bit because the moments when it actually gets proper serious character stuff done like the last episode is there's hardly any jokes in the last episode at all Hmm. Um, but whenever they slow it down and get it down to the character stuff and the interactions especially like between um, Mariner and her mother like stuff like that like that's some of the best stuff you don't need the characters constantly having wacky zany reactions to everything um but if there's a whole bunch of these little threads they put in here to build up to the next series as well, which are just going in. There's a little thing with Rutherford you find out when he's having a memory problem because he's been making copies of every memory so he doesn't forget them. Yeah, he's got the ship that he keeps trying to build. Oh, they're trying to build that. That ship is foreshadowing. Mm. <laughs> there's a In the first episode, they're building the outer hull of the ship and you see the ship without part of the outer hull. Mm. It's foreshadowing for the last episode, which they did in the first series. They did all sorts of stuff like that in the first series. But um, no, it's it's solid, good stuff, and it's it's better than Picard. The last series of Discovery was all right. I'll give I'll give it that, but the first two aren't great. It was just it's Picard nice to have a series. <laughs> it's nice to have a series that um, that doesn't take itself too seriously, but at the same time takes a lot of the like. You'll find that the only the only times that uh, that the the only times that the lower decks and the the main crew, like the actual managing crew of the ship. When they interact, you'll always find that the lower decks people sort of drag those people down. But when they're operating mm. on themselves and they're like they're their team, like their main mm. deck team, everything it's goes a smoothly. Really good episode part way through where Boyner gets um, what gets in with a click of like crew who oh, fancy themselves as super command future commanders and stuff. Oh, I was talking. And about- there's Tendy's been mutated into yeah a Scorpion, which is another next generation reference mm. um, from an episode where the virus turns the crew, de evolves the crew. Yeah. Um, but they all just try to solve the situation by giving heroic speeches, mm. which they think is the captain lead. We're leaders, and that's how we're going to do it. And Boimler's like, "Why don't actually do something about this?" I was talking about the episode where Boimler's trying to find a deck mate, and he decides to pretend to be Hawaiian. Oh yeah, yeah. And joins the captain. The captain's like, "Wait, none of you guys are from yeah, commander, and none of you guys are from Hawaii. No, I'm not from Hawaii. Even. I'm from the moon. I'm from the moon. 
And I'm from the moon. And I'm from. You wouldn't say that if you were really from the moon. Idaho's kind of like a moon. You wouldn't. You'd know how offensive that is if you were from the moon. Um, But no, I I really appreciate the fact that it does. Of all these sort of comedy ideas that have sprung up from, let's see how the the other teams work and stuff like that. This has been the one where it's like, yeah, this works consistently. You've Mm. got like the competent people who are already sort of dragged to their level when they have to do other shit. Um, I liked the fact that the captain had to go into the simulation and failed immediately. And it's like stupid shit like, like, do you follow the directive or do you choose to go against the directive? It's like, well, they're wrong though. So I choose to go against the directive. Wrong. You always follow the directive of your commanding officer. (laughs) Oh, Picard wouldn't. No, he wouldn't. But he's a cyborg, so he doesn't give a fuck. Picard's not a cyborg. He is now. He's he's an android now. Has he not got like a human brain still? No, no, no. He's completely it's, it's, vaporized, um, wasn't he? They, he wasn't vaporized. He just died. Mm. But they, they mapped his brain and digitized it into an android. Picard's an android, just like he always wanted to be in the show. That was. I'm Locutus now. Hopefully, hopefully. I mean, I think it's inevitable. Q's going to give him a human body again. At the end. Yeah, you'll make him a human body. Yeah, because like, that's the dumbest fucking. Could you thing not have made ever. me forty? At the very least. Get Tom Hardy to play him. Yeah. yeah. Bring back Tom Hardy. Because he did play a young he Picard did, yeah. in a, Nemesis. He had all scaly green get, veins. J- get James McAvoy, McAvoy, McAvoy in it. Because James McAvoy wanted to play Picard. Picard, didn't he? Yeah. That's what they should do. Do an X-Men Star Trek crossover, but Patrick Stewart plays Xavier and McAvoy plays Picard. <laughs> um. Yeah. But no, it's a really, it's, Lower Decks is really good. Do you know who I found out who writes the show? Who? Um, his name's Mike McMahon. He did the Star Trek Season 8 Twitter account, which is, I followed that Twitter account as one of the first Twitter accounts I followed on the on Twitter like, yeah. 11 years ago. And it was basically a whole bunch of fake synopsises for Season 8 Star Trek episodes. Oh, really? Where, like, Riker unleashes lit another STD on the crew or something like that. Um, you know, Data starts to question his, like... Um, sense of reality after he takes too many shrooms off the, with the emotion and chipping. Oh, yeah, yeah, Just stupid ideas and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, he got a job off the back of that writing a Star Trek show. Oh, that's cool. Which is kind of crazy. Gives everybody hope. Yeah, I didn't even realise until the lower, till the um, next generation, that season eight next generation Twitter tweeted out a Lower Decks link. Yeah. And I went on it and I went, oh, it's Mike McMahon. I clicked on it and said, writer of TNG's season eight. And I was oh, like, what cool. the fuck? Um, so where's my awesome tweets about Defenders of the Earth that I do every now and again? <laughs> can I? I want to make a Defenders of the Earth film. Can you just start writing like the gritty reboot of Defenders of the Earth? It's not going to be a gritty reboot. It's going to be goofy. It's going to be okay. fun. Can I'm going to have just, karaoke just start doing it on Twitter. Just like, start doing it on Twitter. I'm going to have karaoke just start at the end. Writing it on Twitter and yeah. be like, basically keep a track of every time it's a linked tweet. And when you get to like one of 159, someone from Universal will message you and be like, "Can we? Can we buy your script?" And be like, "Only if I can direct." Yeah, I yeah. don't want to direct it. I just want to. Um, I finished watching. But I do want to have the end credits have a karaoke sing along. I finished watching something, but I didn't want to review it. I still, I, I still don't want to review it because I, I don't know how I feel about it as a whole. But um, Archer, the, the last Archer of a series, the last series of Archer. Sorry, um, they acknowledged the loss of Jessica Walters finally because oh. she pre-recorded the whole series. Yeah, yeah, it was like she, yeah. When she died last year. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, early last year. So, um, so I just wanted to quickly make a mention of that because we've had. People die recently that are sort of like midway through projects and like some quite prolific people. Um, and, you know, um, there are ways that you can continue things on and ways that you can't. And they sort of just drew a line. You can make Black Panther 2 Wakanda forever. Yeah. Um, they sort of just drew a line 
And mm. it's weird when comparing this to something like Disney's What If that ended a little while ago. And again, I don't really want to review that because I, I, I don't know how I feel about that series as a whole when it comes to the way they did it. But but Chitala was voiced by... T'Challa. 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 Yeah. Was voiced by... Um, by um, Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick Boseman, yeah. who died. And um, and the the whole thing before What If was released, because it was like being produced, was they spoke about... Um, Chadwick Boseman wanted to play Star-Lord. He wanted to do like a what-if film as Star-Lord because he's in that series as Star-Lord. Like that's one of the side stories. And he's so charming and he's so happy and vibrant. And and it, it, it's, you know, it's obviously quite sad that he'll never get to be that character. Even stuff like in the Marvel Zombies episode, he brings a gravity to the to the character he plays and he brought a lot of personality to it. And so with Archer, I was expecting there to be a joke because Jessica Walters was always in on the joke of Archer. She was always aware of what she was, you know, playing, who she was playing in the in that program. Um, but like they give her a very sweet, very nice send off. They let her be with Soul, who's um, who's the general. No, Woodhouse, Woodhouse just vanished, and they got yeah. Him. Well, no, he died. He did die in the yeah. They, he gets Archer gets a letter or something yeah. saying that Woodhouse has died, didn't he? Yeah, but they didn't really. Like that wasn't dealt with in a serious way. That was dealt with in the mm. confines. Of, and in this, it like there is some semblance of a laugh to it. It's she sends Archer a letter, much like Woodhouse did. But her letter says like, "I can't do this anymore. I can't run the agency. You know, I'm I'm done." And like it's a proper speech. Like it's you know. And then she just goes, Archer, I'll I'll always be watching you. I'll always be here if you need me. And I love you. But I think it's the best for everyone that people that know me for being who I was don't track you down they don't follow you so i'm gonna i'm gonna be away from this all and um and it was weirdly affecting like it was one of those situations because jessica waters obviously she was in arrested development that i reviewed last year i watched all of that and she's an archer and i've been catching up on seasons of archer um and you know her as a character in that series like there was always something she brought to it just being that character being so good and playing that role and so many of the jokes involving her and her vibrators and her sexual partners and things like that. Her always being in on the joke and being the funniest person in a room full of they, very funny people. They stopped bringing Jeffrey Tambor back to that show, didn't they? Yeah, because he was yeah. dodgy. But like Judy Greer being in there and, and you know, like, you know, H. John Benjamin is fucking funny in, mm. like, in that program. And, you know, it was just, I think that I can't see how Arch is going to continue without her in it. I mean, hopefully they find a way to succeed, but, like, I just wanted to mention that's a nice way for it to... It keeps amazing me the show's still on. I've yeah. lost track of it, like, long Some time ago. Some series are really good, and I feel bad that people didn't really watch it. Like, the black and white, um, the, like, neo-noir stuff they did, I didn't like. Yeah. But then the space opera was, like, great. It was fucking funny. That was before funny. that, wasn't it? No, it was, space it was the neo-noir stuff, then it was space, and then he was, like, a captain on a weird island. He was, like, a... Uh, plane. So I think the last one I watched was when he was um, in a coma. Yeah, those those are the coma seasons. So basically, he was yeah. in a coma. And it was like basically rebooting the series, yeah. and then he came back, and then basically um, discovered that after the coma, he had like some serious nerve damage and just couldn't be the same. And everybody had sort of moved on, and the agency had moved on. And um, and again, that was like a really decent series, just because. Um, as soon as like it was revealed he was in a coma, it was like, well, no one was waiting for me to wake up. No one was here when I woke up. And you see that that Jessica Walters was like literally getting a coffee at the moment Archer had woken up. And she'd been spending every day going in there and waiting to see when he woke up. And it was just the one instance where he did wake up, she was getting a coffee. 
And because like he's like, where is everybody? Where's where's all the people that are meant to be here? And everybody rushes in, and she joins everyone else. And he goes, oh, I guess no one was here waiting for me. And no one realizes she'd been there for like months and months waiting for him to wake up. Just like really nice nods like that that you don't usually get in these sorts of programs. Yeah. Um. But yeah. So it was just it was nice to see someone say, look, the character is always going to be alive because it's an animated series. People don't age. They don't really die out like that. Uh, but we're giving her a send-off. And I just wish that What If could do that for that character. I wish that, you know, Marvel and Disney and stuff, they could do something where it... No, they've got to hire Chadwick Boseman impersonator to play him in season two. No, I don't think they will. I think they'll just not bring him in, or they'll whoever replaces him in the new film will be brought in. As but he's not in the new film. Well, whoever is in the new film as the new yeah. hero will be brought in. Um, but it's just a bit, it's a bit sad. Like, I hearing him in that program... It's so good to hit, like, especially when you've got like, you've got Josh Brolin comes mm. in on that episode. He plays Thanos. And it turns out that Thanos just needed someone who had this overwhelming positivity and governance who could come in and be like, you don't really want to kill everyone. But he's still every so often he's like in the bar going like, I'm just saying that if I killed you, and they're like, that would never work and all this other stuff. And it's like, it's playing this weird joke that if Thanos just met Star-Lord T'Challa, he would be able to be like, I don't actually want to kill everyone. I was just evil because I didn't speak to the right person. <laughs> it's weird. But um, but it's still like... Why are you reviewing Marvel? I'm not reviewing either of those. I just wanted to mention because... Yeah, sorry. Half an hour now. For seven minutes, I was speaking about animated shows and saying goodbye to characters. And I just... It was because we were talking about Lower Decks. I do apologise. So that's been the end of episode... You reviewed Archer. No. That's been the end of episode 171 of Crit Apocalypse. I've been Matt. You've been Ant. You can find Ant Welcome at- to the Velociraptor in Archer. Velociraptor? There's a Velociraptor in series one. I don't remember. Do you remember that where he's chained up and he imagines there's a Velociraptor in the room? Oh, where he's getting zapped with a yeah in the first episode. Yeah, they should have brought that Velociraptor. Yeah, back. should have brought him back. Yeah, um, I like the lynx that comes back every so often. Oh yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, Babu. Yeah, <laughs> um, they're obsessed with that program because they mention it a load in Frisky Dingo as well, like Baybar. Um, what? Baybar, you know the elephant? Barbar. Baybar. Barbar. Baybar. It's called Barbar. Baybar. It's called B-A-B-A-R. No, it's B-A-R-B-A-R. What? I used to watch it all the time. I used to watch it all the time. Anyway, so, uh, yeah, it's been episode 171. You can find out at LV54SpaceMonkey on Twitter. You can find him at uh, at Gaming on YouTube. You can also find him at Ant's Bot Collection on YouTube and Reacting Sentai Operator. Everyone stopped listening an hour and 42 minutes ago. You can find me at Crit Apocalypse everywhere, including YouTube, Twitter... Xbox, PS5. Try talking towards the mic. You can find me everywhere. Because you'll get no- noised out. As Critapocalypse, it's been lovely speaking to you. As always, Boris Johnson fucks kids. Thanks, everyone. Have a good week. Speak to you in two. It'll be Halloween when we record next. Fuck off. Halloween. Bye. You'll have watched Halloween Bye. Kills. Bye. Maybe. Bye. I'll have watched Dune. Bye. Dune. It's a dude. Bye.